and of course we have different platforms to help you make profit in your own business mobile banking bulk payment platforms internet banking bos terminals e-switch biometric cards and a whole lot more make sure you call us on 0302-210-210 or send an email to customer care at agreekbank.com adb truly a greek and more The city's biggest conversation. Sam Greatback. Because the greatest things are born from the smallest of thoughts. Just as your seeds in a rich soil grow to become trees that bear fruits, the Agricultural Development Bank, ADB, helps you sow, invest, nurture, and grow your personal and business plans by serving you with years of banking ingenuity and experience in agribusiness, corporate and commercial banking, consumer finance, e-banking, and many more through our network branches across the country. Whatever the culture, whatever the dream, we grow with you. Call us today. Day on 0302-210-210 or visit www.agricbank.com. ADB, truly agric and more. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS.
30. It's a great, great morning Tuesday. What we're basically saying is that get up and stop moving. You know, sometimes there's inertia from a long weekend. The last time I heard from any of these guys sitting here was Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> then Friday they went home Saturday. Tell me, but the traffic on Thursday was not good. Yeah, but you know, when I look at the Google Maps, Accra, yeah, Accra is a very small place, honestly. Is. Like, Accra is so small. I don't even know why they're all that traffic. And I warned people in the morning. I told them yeah. that stay home if you don't have anything to do in town. They didn't listen. <laughs> everybody has somewhere to be that Thursday. Well, I think everybody was trying to leave town early to get a head start on the long weekend. You know, Ghana group think. Uh, we are all working. We are all doing the same I was thing. Asleep it was at that horrible. Time. It was terrible. I was so watching horrible. the Google Map red on my bed. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. But I hope you had a good break. Yeah, very busy. You very know, busy with the family, church things. Packing, all that. Moving. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mine was mixed. Mm. You know, lots of, lots of sad stories also in the mix. Yeah. So, Quite yeah. heavy. So, yeah. And you were, heavy, you were here on Saturday too. Yeah. Discussing big issues. Yes. The you big know. issues. Yeah. So, I like, but that's all part of the weekend routine. So, mm. but anyway, yeah, too, ma- too much, you know. Too many too bad many. stories. Oh, yeah, Charlie, Charlie. Heavy. Fish floating, mm. teenagers killing kids. The chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, That's wow. what it is. Let's start with the Ghanaian Times. All right. Speaking of teenagers killing kids, mm-hmm. tragedy at Kasua. This is the front page of the Ghanaian Times. Two teenagers murdered 10-year-old, allegedly for money ritual. Also, tons of fish and dolphins washed ashore in Accra. And Rastafarian student drags Achimota school to court. Also, Accra sewage system poised to expand operations. Front page of the Daily Graphic says, calm down. Agencies prove cause of dead fishes. Comes with mm. uh, a photo of officials of the EPA and the University of Cape Coast taking samples of essential organs from the sea animals for analysis. Make high life national treasure. Veteran artists are uh, making this call. And quiet Easter Monday. Mm. Says the, I don't know where they went. But oh, some of the beaches were empty. In <laughs> fact, Anas, Anas was in a helicopter with the regional minister mm-hmm. from Ada to parts of Malaysia um, and Manfro. Uh-huh. Nobody on the beaches mm. on Easter Monday. People actually <laughs> obeyed the call. Right? Uh, the new crusading guy, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Government secures more vaccines to protect Ghanaians against COVID-19. Collaborate, don't compete. Tiwala Boss tells young entrepreneurs. NLA staff and union and association of local marketing companies support reforms. Ekufuado committed to improving Ghana's power supply and conduct assessment on cars plying our roads, says Utumfo. Front page of the Daily Guide newspaper also comes with the sad story of the teenagers who have killed this 11-year-old boy. Sakawa teenagers kill boy 11. Snit saves Ghana 246 million series. NDC Civil War rages comes with a photo of Haruna Idrisu. And then the fish story is also here. Crowds rush for strange dead Hmm. The finder, Anglican Bishop eulogizes Mahamudu Baumia and says we need your kind of political leadership as a nation. Also, child rights assists Rasta students to sue Achimota School. Draft report on biodiversity and hydrological assessment of Atua Forest ready, says Professor Campion. Ghana to begin COVID-19 antigen test. ADB's profit after tax jumps by 341% hmm. to 65 million Ghana cities. And Speaker raises objection to promotion of LGBTQI plus agenda. Front page of the BNFT, finally from me, Bernard. Rising cost of debt requires all hands on deck approach. It's coming from the World Bank. And they prefer four solutions to manage the situation. Ghana card tin measure. GRAI's significant increase in revenue as taxpayers quadruple 
in two years. In the Economy Times, Ghana's economy on path of rebound. NIA starts new registration as tin migration exercise begins and banks tighten credit stance. Let's move online. ECG to undertake plan maintenance works in Accra today. This is citynewsroom.com. Also, there's a summary report, the 2021 Doomsaw Crisis, what we know so far. Other stories, FDA warns against consumption of washed ashore fish as lab investigations begin. They've also deployed a team to market to prevent sale of fish washed ashore at Osu. And Ortini's concerns against government's community mining are genuine. This is the small-scale miners supporting the Ochihini. If you move to City Business News, profits of leading banks increased in 2020 despite COVID-19 outbreak. Also, replacing tin with Ghana card wouldn't automatically increase revenue, according to some tax analysts. And we're told we'll establish National Housing Authority soon. You should do a study on authorities. Everybody is now an authority. Whether that has led to better service delivery is a different question. MyJoinOnline.com. Two things for you. We'll come there. MyJoinOnline.com. Intrusive Asirun Ketia on Parliamentary Service Board may affect integrity of the House. This is Chairman Sabunsu. Also, Bagwin turning Parliament into enclave for NDC. This is the same Chairman Sabunsu. And uh, avoid purchasing cheap fish on the market. Professor Nuno urges Ghanaians. If you go to Star FM, the lead story there. Residents besieged police station of a shooting of taxi driver by military. Also, retired military officer chief arrested for beating a suspected thief to death. This is still in the eastern region. Meanwhile, I won't allow community mining in Achim. This is Ochini to government. And uh, eastern region. Hey, eastern region, lots of stories. So, man kills wife, dumps mutilated body on dumping sites. If you go to Ghana News Agency, their focus this morning. Fisheries Commission begins investigations to cause of dead fish. Police intensify patrols on beaches in Cape Coast. And dolphins and other fishes washed ashore. Brewer Beach. That's the story making the rounds as well. If you go to the BBC, North Korea said they will skip the Tokyo Olympics over COVID fears. Mm. Yes, and that's one big story. And of course, George Floyd trial, uh, of course, is murder issue. Police Chief Floyd Officer broke force policy. Let's start with the first story. On the Ghanaian Times, I think you read that headline today. Yes. Uh, the murder of a 10-year-old by two teenagers. Now, some people say he's 11, some say he's 10, but the fact of the matter remains that he was killed mm-hmm. and allegedly it was done by two teenagers. Mm-hmm. Now, the suspects, Felix Nyaku, who's 16, and Nicholas Kinney, who's 17, were alleged to have lured the deceased Ishmael Mensah to an uncompleted building before murdering him. Now, the um, Sergeant Isaac Evans, it's here, who's the Deputy Central Regional Police Public Relations Officer, said that on Saturday around 10.15 a.m., Kaswa Divisional Command received a distress call that they said there had been a ritual murder near Lamte Mills, a suburb of Kaswa. He proceeded to the crime scene, saw the deceased lying in a pool of blood. He said the deceased was invited by the suspects on Saturday to the uncompleted building. The the suspects hit the deceased with a club and cement blocks, Mm. killing him instantly. After that, they buried him in the uncompleted building, awaiting his removal in the night for ritual purposes, Mm. and police have started thorough investigations into the case. There's a a follow-up story here on citynewsroom.com. Residents of Kaswa asking police to beef up security in the area, some residents of Kaswa in the central region have called on the government to be for security in the area following recent robbery and murder cases recorded there. Two persons, an 18-year-old, as you just read, killed that 11-year-old boy. Then there's also the killing of a 40-year-old businessman by some gun-wielding men in broad daylight barely three days before. A 40-year-old man, Stephen Intree, was shot at close range in broad daylight by unknown assailants at Opekuma Junction, a suburb of Kaswa. 
Now, they made away with an undisclosed amount of money in an envelope. Some residents blamed the police for not doing enough to curb crime in the area and demanded the government beef up security in the town. We need um, the government to ensure the police in this area are up to task the fight against crime or better still involve the military to support the police in the fight, some of them said. There are many, many angles to this story we'll bring you later on. Well, the other, the other story bizarre story is the fish story. Yeah. And that's on the front page of the Daily Graphic. Calm down. Calm down. This is coming from uh, uh, some agencies. And the agencies responsible for food safety, the environment and fisheries have confirmed that fish stock from the country's ocean is safe for consumption. Really? The assurance comes... <laughs> because the stories I'm reading are wanting for not to be buying fish and things. So I don't know... Yeah, what, but what they say the one in the ocean no, is yeah, safe. But I don't, these are mixed messages. So because if you read... Most websites, okay, the FDA and the Fisheries Commission are warning people over the type of fish they buy. Yeah, because there's fear that people want to collect the ones that washed ashore. Yeah, but for, but for graphics to say that our fish is safe to eat, you know, so it's, it's like a mixed message. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, read it. <laughs> the assurance comes after the agencies move swiftly to prevent dead fishes found on shores in the greater Accra and the western regions from entering the market. Their timely action was important to forestall any disaster on households from the consumption of any of the fishes. The Fisheries Commission, the Food and Drugs Authority, the Environmental Protection Agency, the Police Service, and the Sector Ministry said they had acted in, using, in, in unison to bring the situation under control. Now, more than 120 dolphins and large numbers of different species of fish were washed ashore at Aximbere in the Zimai East Municipality in the Western Region and Osu in the Greater Accra Region. Expert teams noticed that there were 10 pieces of small, dead, pelagic, and demersal fishes at Osu, while in Axim dolphins were found dead with some alive but weak. There were reports of a similar situation along the shores of Jelukope in the Kreta municipality in the Volta region last Sunday evening, a claim the Volta Regional Canoe Council has denied. The Daily Graphic gathered that the investigation also determined if the dead fishes were dumped on the beach by trawlers or vessels. The agencies have also alerted the officers across all coastal towns to be on the lookout for a similar situation. All we are asking for is mm. look, this should give us the updates quickly. This yeah. should so how did the Times report this story? Because so I'm not sure if this is the full the full story. Well, yes. another, here in the Times as well, the Executive Director of the Fisheries Commission, Michael Arthur Dadzi, identified the Dead Sea mammals as small pelagic and demersal fishes, but they said that the Commission got wind of the fish mortalities on Saturday. They dispatched a team from the Fish Health Unit. They said the initial observation of the fish showed no wound or lesions on their bodies, but after two or three days of death, an, an, um, pathological signs had changed. So they're doing examinations. They did say that the assemblies have taken uh, interest in the matter. They're reporting to state agencies. The fish are discolored. When you cut them open, you find a substance sticky, like glue. So because of fears of possible contamination, they're cautioning the public against purchase and consumption of the dead fish, which are being sold at cheap prices at the market. Now, the outfit is also gathering additional information from some opinion leaders as part of its efforts to solve the mystery as to why they were washed ashore. Okay. So this is really where the stories we have sort of point to. FDA warns against consumption of washed ashore fish as lab investigations begin. That's citynewsroom.com. Another one says um, FDA um, deploys team to markets to prevent sale of fish washed ashore at Osu. That's on the same website. If you go to myjournaline.com, Avoid buying cheap fish on the market of Zanunu edges. If you go to Star FM, FDA storms market to avoid sale of dead fish. So, 
a lot of the direction we're getting on the online portal suggests to say, look, you guys have to be careful. In fact, let me read about Anunu's story, just mm-hmm. for context. Um, senior lecturer, Department of Marine and Fisheries, University of Ghana, Professor Francis Nunu, has cautioned members of the general public against buying fish at very reduced prices. His warning comes from the recent reports of dead sea creatures getting washed ashore, etc., etc. Then, in view of the recent happenings, Professor Nunu, in an interview, uh, asked Ghanaians to be wary of their purchases since such fishes could be sold relatively cheap. And then he goes on to say, he gives the things he said, if the fish smells as well as some spots or the gills are not as red as they are supposed to be, then this is not freshly caught fish or wholesome, he said. He also advises some men to be cautious when fishing since there have been no concrete reports on the death of these sea mammals. And then he gives some other information. We'll talk about this too during the show itself. All right, then let me take you to other stories. Oh, okay. I've got COVID. Yes. Okay. A bit on COVID. Yes. All right. I've so also got one on COVID. All right, so we'll take the Finder and the New Crusading Guide. Now, Ghana to begin COVID-19 antigen test. Ghana will soon introduce antigen tests to improve and enhance testing for coronavirus. Professor William Ampofu, who's head of virology at the Noguchi Memorial Institute, said this is part of a national plan to make testing easily accessible throughout the country. Presently, COVID-19 labs are conducting the PCR tests to manage the patients while antigen screening and testing is done only at the airport. But Professor Ampofu says the government intends to have complementary antigen testing together with the PCR testing to enhance the process. Now, also on COVID in the crusading guide, government secures more vaccines to Mm. protect Ghanaians against COVID. So as part of efforts by government to secure our lives, uh, 3,400,000 doses of the Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine have been secured. Sputnik, Abba. His Highness Sheikh Ahmed Dalmuk Al-Maktoum, a member of the royal family is uh, leading this arrangement on that side. The agreement was signed in March 2021. Sputnik V is approved in over 50 countries and oh, we should be looking forward to getting some of that so that our But those of us who took the AstraZeneca would probably wait for the second batch of AstraZeneca for our second dose. We can't take Sputnik as our second. Yeah. So that those who take Sputnik 1 would then take Sputnik 2. Yeah. See how it works. Yeah. So far, we are not, because I asked Dr. Achiano, he says, you can't mix. we are not going to mix. So this is going to be for a fresh set of people. Yeah. And then there's also another group coming. Could, could, I think there are a couple of stories. Yeah, well, the president also announced the arrival okay. of 300,000. Is it COVID-19. 3 million or 300,000? 300,000. Okay. COVID-19 vaccines this week. Of which mm. kind? Um, they did not tell us, mm. but it looks like they proc- the government procured uh, these ones. Uh, Where was this speaking? So, when you addressed the nation of that. Okay, so okay. This is coming from that uh, particular arrangement. Do you have another COVID story? So that no. I want to tell you about Easter. No. What I wanted and to how do... how quiet it was. I wanted to give you a couple of doomsaw stories. Oh, okay. Then we will talk about Parliament as well. So, ECG to undertake plan maintenance works today. This is a story on citynewsroom.com. And then it says, ECG has served notice of a plan maintenance work in the Greater Accra region. This exercise is scheduled for Tuesday, April 6th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. A statement from the company said the repair works are aimed at improving service delivery. Areas to be affected are Tabora, Racecourse, uh, Yellow House of Ancos, Seven Great, Ashalibuche, Little Roses, and Achimota Golf Park. So that's story one. The story two. So it's light off for a day. Well, th- th- that, that is, is true. Second story is also on ECG, but this is the 2021 Doomsaw Crisis, what we know so far. Mm. And this one is a summary of the situation from the beginning of 2021. Mm. So if I just go into the story written by Neil Latte Latte, it basically talks about what IES predicted about what's going to be happening, blackouts and explanations. On March 3, Gridco came out to talk about some valve. March 7, something to do with total system shutdown. 
then March 17, interruption in voter days for extensive maintenance, March 24, technical fault upstream, April 4, technical problem, and then they also then bring a catalog of the doom son not back assurances from the ministry from Greco. So if you want to sort of understand the power situation from the beginning of this year, that story has all the details, including the editorial of the Greco CEO, my interview with him, statements yeah. made by the PROs, and what other Ghanaians are saying, and then portions of what Dr. Kabno said, uh, said on your program. Yeah, so and all of all of that you know, is put together into one comprehensive story for those who want to see the full story. Okay, let me tell you about the Easter and how quiet it was, according to page 16 of the Daily Graphic. Mm-hmm. For the second year running, the merrymaking associated with Easter Monday was absent yesterday as COVID-19 safety protocols, which placed a ban on many activities, including those at the beaches, were strictly enforced. Mm-hmm. The security agencies, mainly the police and the military deployed men and equipment in town at the beaches, pubs, and other restricted areas to enforce the restrictions. From Good Friday, military helicopters monitored the beaches from Aplau to Axim with emphasis on those in Accra and Tema. The Daily Graphic monitored activities at five of the most patronized beach facilities along Accra's coastline and observed that all was quiet. If you go to Parliament, Kokuyen, there's a couple of stories coming from an interview conducted with Chairman Sabunsu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is written by Manojiveno on my journal. It says, Intrusive Asedunkete on Parliamentary Service Board may affect the integrity of the House. Oh, wow. Yes. Now, Majority Leader of the says he's unhappy with the appointment of NDC General Secretary onto the Parliamentary Services Board. According to Mr. Asidun Ketia's membership of the Board has the potential of affecting the integrity of Parliament. He indicated that he has no qualms with the former MP for Winchy West. Uh, he has no qualms with the former MP for Winchy West as a person. But the fact that he still was a position as General Secretary of the NDC is a great worry. Now, he was speaking on the probe on Sunday. He revealed that upon agreement or engagement with the minority leader, he confessed that he was under pressure to present someone. But later on, the speaker confirmed that the NDC chief scribe's name had come up for nomination. Mm-hmm. And then he says he's unhappy because it's never happened in the life of parliament when you have a very intrusive general secretary. Even in the course of normal business of parliament, he will come and sit there to ensure that people vote in a certain direction. he be moaned. Still from this same interview, mm-hmm. Babin is turning parliament into an enclave for the NDC chairman Sabusu. Mm. He has a lot on his heart. The majority leader says he's worried that the speaker will turn the house into an enclave for the NDC. Speaking on the same program, he said that Albang Babin had selected one too many members of the NDC to his office as advisors. You have brought in Kofi Ato, who is the vice chairman of the party, as an advisor. He has brought in two former MPs. He says he's bringing them on as advisors. Asirin Ketia, secretary of the party, is now on the parliamentary services board. Gihat Mensa is coming to the speaker's office. So you are turning the place into an enclave for the NDC. There is no other, there's one other guy whose name I forget. He has a usual pl- panel, <laughs> he was a usual panelist on Radio Gold. I understand he wants to make him communication officer. Chairman Sabunsu added that he was unhappy with the selection of Asirin Ketia as a member of the board, as I've already read. And then they go on to give the background. So he's been speaking on this issue. In fact, <laughs> we've been analyzing the eighth parliament first sort of round of meetings yeah and there appears to be a lot of interesting mm. um, <laughs> conclusions about how that parliament fed okay let me come back to you in the final okay let's talk about our tin numbers mm-hmm. and mm. what the gra and the nia are collaborating on so the national identification authority is operating 14 registration offices at the premises of the ghana revenue authority across the country this is in line with the government policy to replace the tax identification number or tin with the personal identification number or pin on the ghana card mm. so this co-location strategy with gra will mean that Ghanaians aged 15 and above who have not yet registered for 
for the Ghana card, sorry, will have the opportunity to do so. If you've already registered for the Ghana card, you are not to present yourself at any of these offices for re-registration. That actually amounts to a criminal offense, and you could be prosecuted for that. But if you haven't got a card yet, if you go to a GRA office, an NIA rep will be there in, some, in certain cities across the country so mm. that you get your number straightened up. That story is in the Crusading Guide and in the Finder as well. And there's an interesting clarification coming in from Amisha Dai Uswamua, who is the Commissioner General of the GRA. Mm-hmm. And he says that the GRA is well aware that the growth in ten, which has been achieved as a result of deliberate government policies geared at expanding the tax net, is not a guarantee that tax revenue will go up automatically. Mm-hmm. He therefore added that there's a need for awareness creation and tax education before an action can be taken on the collection of taxes from these persons. Now, according to him, as the TIN number grows, the number of people who will be paying tax expected to increase alongside sitting that the first, te- the first step to increasing the tax revenue is to widen the tax net. He is optimistic that the growth in numbers will lead to significant growth in the number of people who pay tax. Mm. And then on page three of the same paper, that is the BNFT, the debt issue also comes up. Mm-hmm. Rising cost of debt requires all hands on deck approach. Mm-hmm. It's coming from the Did World you hear Bank. your people, Kenya? They said they don't want their government to go for any... In fact, they said IMF didn't give them any loan because <laughs> their country, their government is corrupt. You have seen the change. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Given the rising cost of debt on the continent, there is the need for government to adopt an all hands on deck approach which will explore all options such as the debt suspension programs and other initiatives to tackle the situation the 2021 Africa's Pulse report has said. Mm. The World Bank report urges governments on the continent to strengthen collaborations with the international community to address liquidity and sustainability issues, especially as the COVID-19 pandemic has led to sustainable, unsustainable debt in several sub-Saharan African countries. All right, let me talk about banks' profits. There's a report on citynewsroom.com that Profits of leading banks increased in 2020 despite COVID-19 outbreak. Very interesting write-up by Bobby Osei. So data from financial statements of some leading banks in the country for the year ended 2020 show increase in profits for some of the banks and a decline for a few. Mm. So, for example, ADB, out of the 10 banks reviewed, saw an increase of about 340% in profits, the highest jump from 2019 to 2020. Now, the bank ended the year with profits of about 14.8 million CDs, and that's 2019, and 2020, 65 million respectively. So their profits has jumped. Mm. EcoBank, with now the largest asset base in the country, saw a profit improve by about 23% from the 2019 figure of 440 million to over 540 million in 2020. GCB's uh, profit increased marginally by about 4% in 2019 from 420 million to 440 million. Standard Chartered, Zenith, and Access also saw profits increase by over 30% within the period of review. And then uh, a bank like Consolidated Bank saw its profits drop the steepest. Uh, out of the 10 banks reviewed uh, by about 33%, reducing from 17 million to 46 million. So the pr- they still made a profit, but the, the profit was not as big as 2019. So most of the 10 banks reviewed did better in 2020 than 2019. Mm-hmm. And 2020 was the year of the COVID. So again, you can draw the equation. Was it that people were performing more financial mm-hmm. transactions? Was it that the banks came up with more innovative policies? Or is it that they extended their money less in doing some things? Or they cut down staff? But a lot of the banks did better in 2020, which is an interesting story. Okay, let me come back to you with the other papers. Yeah, all right. Remember our friends, the Rastafarian students at Achimota? Mm. Well, 
One of them is dragging Achimoto School to court. Child Rights International is assisting Tyrone Magai, one of the Rastafarian uh, students who was refused admission by Achimoto Senior High School, to affirm his fundamental human rights in court. Mm -hmm. The applicant, who filed the instant action before the Accra High Court, is seeking the enforcement and declaration of their right to education. Mm -hmm. Now, he's suing through his father, Tereo Kwame Magai. Uh, he also filed an interlocutory injunction seeking the court to compel Achimota to admit the children to further their education, pending the determination of the substantive case. Let me, let me, let me end before you come in with Basco. City donates cash, assorted items to Basco and Hopeway Orphanages. Story on citynewsroom.com. CTFM has donated assorted items and cash to two orphanages, the Baptist School Complex uh, at Trotto near Suhum and Hopeway Ministries Children's Home at Hacho, as part of the station's annual Easter orphan project. Now, the items included bags of rice, gari, very important, maize, cartons of biscuits and drinks, and hand sanitizers. And the station made a cash donation of 20,000 CDs to the two orphanages for the running of their daily activities. Now, as a way of showing appreciation to the station, Vasco unveiled a stone expressing gratitude for the help the station had extended to it over the years. We erected this stone to show appreciation and also to let you know that we want the name of city to stay here forever. The director of the orphanage, Reverend Victoria said, beautiful stone with our name on it. And then, of yeah. course, the background of the story with some nice photos are given from the two presentations. And just a quick update on the murder of that boy in uh, mm -hmm. uh, Kaswa. So the, the boys will appear in court today. Yes. And it looks like the daily graphic actually has the ages right. Mm -hmm. So one boy is 15. Mm. Seriously? Yes. And 15? Yes, and the other one is 17. And the guy who was killed is how old? He is 10. Charlie. And you want to listen to the story Calvis brought. So apparently, the two go and eat yeah. at, at the 10-year-old boy. boy's mother's house. place. Yeah. He sells food. Yeah. So these are known. So imagine boys, your, your, your son knows, walking with them. So where is Kofi? He's going with them to go and do something. Next thing you know, they've killed him and hidden his body in some uncompleted house. He's going to look for money. It's yeah. tragic. We'll have to come back to that later on. But that was a new surprise. Thank you, Kofi. Thank you, Godfrey. Time check. Five minutes to seven. Coming up next is the City Business News. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. I nearly gave up on driving out of frustration. What hadn't I done? Purging, replacing electrical parts, changing my fuel pump, and still, the engine noise in my car won't stop. Then I met this guy who said I should try Goyle Fuel. Uh, uh, by the way, my name is Thomas, but I did try Goyle Super XP Run 95. Then, <laughs> Goyle stocks only higher grade fuels, feather enriched with XP3, multifunctional enhancer, more efficient, eco friendly, and at no extra cost. Available at every Goyle station. Ajibebia. <laughs> now my car is renewed. Yankonkwa. Goyle Super XP Run 95 and Diesel XP. Higher grade fuels. Excellent for modern engine. And all vehicles. Goyle. Good energy. You've worked hard for your money, and that is why we are constantly creating more secure and innovative ways for you to keep your money safe everywhere you go. Experience a safer and more secure way to do all your transactions with MCN Mobile. Present your national ID, voter's ID, NHIS card, passport, driver's license, or your Smith ID card whenever you visit any mobile agent point. Keep your transactions safe and secure everywhere you go because we are good together. Remember to present any of these valid national ID cards for all your mobile transactions at any Point beginning from Friday, 2nd April 2021, everywhere you go.
Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Two minutes to seven. It's Tuesday morning. Actually, the first working day of the week. Thank you for staying with us. Now, I'm sure you have so much to say about the things you've heard on the show so far. Too many stories. The Kasua issue. Fish washed ashore. The power situation. Send us your comments. 054-998-6996. City Business News is next brought to you by Go. Now, Go higher grade fuels have been tried, tested, proven, and accepted over the years as most suitable for all engine types, including the latest vehicles with the most modern engines. In addition to these superior qualities, our high-grade fuels are further fortified with the XP3 additive multifunctional enhancer that's more efficient, eco-friendly, and sold at no extra cost. Go higher-grade fuels come in Go Super XP Run 95 and Diesel XP sold at every Go station and not just at selected stations. So fill up with Go higher-grade fuels at Jibebia. Go, yeah, yeah, yeah. News is also brought to us by MTN. There are so many ways to keep enjoying the things you love on MTN just because everything is made simple just for you. On MTN, you get to enjoy convenience when you, when and anywhere you top up your MTN account. Now, you can use mobile money or my MTN app. You can also buy it from a vendor at a recommended retail price and get a 100% bonus. Please remember to demand the same value. Retailers who, not, who do not comply will be sanctioned accordingly. It's super simple and convenient. That's why we are good together. Coming up next is Michael Ogbodu with the City Business News. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. All right. Hello, Michael. Hello, Benan. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goal and Stambik Bank and powered by citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, some banks in the country record increase in profits in 2020 despite impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. And later, hotels in the country record low sales amid Easter festivities. The details are up next. Now, data from the financial statements of some leading banks in the country for the year ended 2020 shows increases in profits for some and a decline for others. This can be gleaned from the summary statements of comprehensive incomes of 10 of Ghana's top banks during the year in which COVID-19 ravaged all aspects of the economy. But which banks saw the best improvement in their profits? The following report has more. ADB Bank. 
out of the 10 banks reviewed by City Business News saw an increase of about 340% in its profit, the highest jump from 2019 to 2020. The bank ended 2019 and 2020 with profits of about 14.8 million Ghana cities and 65 million Ghana cities respectively. The consolidated bank Ghana saw its profit drop the steepest out of the 10 banks reviewed, which is about 33%, reducing from about 70 million Ghana cities in 2019 to 46 million Ghana cities in 2020. A bank like Ecobank Ghana, with one of the largest asset bases in the banking sector, saw profits further improved by about 23% from over 440 million Ghana cities in 2019 to over 540 million Ghana cities in 2020. GCB Bank's profits only increased marginally by about 4% from about 420 million in 2019 to about 440 million in 2020. Other banks like Standard Chartered, Zenith and Access, however, saw profits soar by over 30% from 2019 to 2020. Standard Chartered Bank, for example, saw their profits jump by about 70% from 281.9 million Ghana CDs in 2019 to about 478 million in 2020. Access Bank and Zenith Bank saw similar percentage increases in their profits, about 38%, with profits of Access Bank rising to over 240 million Ghana CDs in 2020 from over 170 million in 2019, while Zenith Bank ended 2020 with about 340 million Ghana CDs in profit from about 245 million in 2019. Even though its profit numbers were still high in 2020, over 250 million Ghana cities, Fidelity Bank still saw its profitability wane slightly by about negative 3% from about 260 million Ghana cities in 2019. Overall, the central bank in its assessment of the banking sector performance in 2020 stated that the industry somewhat withstood the first wave of the COVID-19 pandemic shock on the back of strong policy support and regulatory reliefs. The sector, according to the Bank of Ghana, remained well capitalized, liquid and profitable with strong buffers to withstand adverse shocks and support economic recovery efforts. That was a City Business News Desk report filed by Bobi Ose. The fortunes of most hotels across the country are yet to turn for the better this year as the Ghana Hotels Association says business continue to be slow for its members during the Easter festivities. The tourism and hospitality industry has been one of the worst hits since the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the 2020 election season coupled with the Christmas festivities brought some respite for hotels across the country. Many had expected similar prospects this Easter, but speaking to City Business News President of the Ghana Hotels Association, Dr. Edward Akanyameke stated that just a handful of its members were able to make some gains. We have a lot of people who travel to their villages and hometowns to celebrate Easter. And for those who stay behind, a lot of them prefer to spend the holidays at home with their families. So room occupancy is usually average. And this year is no exception. And together with COVID-19, room occupancy has been generally low during these uh, festivities. However, for hotels who offered special lunch, special dinners, poolside activities, and other social gathering services, uh, they witnessed some patronage and therefore cashing during the period. But when it comes to room occupancy, like I mentioned, it was generally low. Of course, you would have pockets of hotels 
who by some pre-arrangements and bookings will have high occupancy during the period, but that cannot be representative of the general picture on the ground. President of the Ghana Hotels Association, Dr. Edward Akanyameke. The Ghana Investment Promotion Center, GIPC, has warned businesses with technology transfer agreements, TTA, to register with the center or face severe sanctions. According to the GIPC, after an in-depth survey of insider tips received in connection with illegal funds transferred through the unregistered TTAs, there is a high suspicion that a lot of businesses are breaking the law to the detriment of the state, thereby reducing revenue collection significantly. A technology transfer agreement is an agreement between a Ghanaian and foreign entity where the foreign firm transfers its technology expertise and know-how to another company in Ghana for a term of not less than 18 months and not more than 10 years. Speaking to City Business News, Head of Legal at the GIPC, Nalamli Orlins-Linte, stated that the centre is deepening its collaboration with the Ghana Revenue Authority, GRA, and the Bank of Ghana, BOG, to enhance the monitoring of the transfer of funds under unregistered technology transfer agreement through various commercial banks. So if there's a dispute and issue arises through the agreement and go to court, it's possible the court will say, well, the agreement will be registered. And the JPC law says that it is a registered and enforceable. Therefore, the whole agreement that probably is value of millions of dollars is unenforceable. The second thing, our law says very clearly that if we transfer fees which are not under a registered agreement, this transfer is not legal. Yes, you might have gone to your bank and transferred it, but it is legal. And most companies should be sorely embarrassed for it to be that they are transferring fees outside down for services and then legality. And at the moment, we are continuing our education to make sure that companies understand their that was the head of legal at the GIPC, Na Lamle Orleans Lindsay. Away from that, the Asantehenio Tumfo the second has tasked the Transport Minister Kweku Fori Siama to conduct an independent probe into workers' agitations at the Ghana Airport Company Limited. The staff union staged a boycott on February 27, 2020, to demand the removal of managing director Yao Kwakwa. They alleged that the board of the company has shelved a report which confirms allegations of mismanagement and abuse of office against him. In an interaction with the transport minister, the Asantehene said if the investigation shows Mr. Kwakwa is complicit, then he must be sacked. Otherwise, he should be allowed to do his work. <laughs> I don't know why the workers are agitating, but Kwakwa is doing very well. So please investigate it and let me know the outcome. The workers' agitation may be fought by someone who perhaps is interested in the position Ya Kwakwa is occupying. If you follow all the things the workers are saying, you won't be able to service the loan. The revenue Ghana Airport Company Limited generates now goes into an escrow account to service this loan. If Kwakwa has embezzled funds, you should sack him. But if he is working hard to service this loan and also lifting the image of Ghana high, he should be encouraged and supported to continue his work.
Now on the interbank foreign exchange markets where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar is selling at 5 CD 73 pesos. It recorded no price change. The British pound gained 4 pesos and is selling at 7 CD 92 pesos. The euro gained 2 pesos and is selling at 6 CD 74 pesos. The Chinese yuan remained unchanged and is selling at 87 pesos. The South African rand gained 1 peso and is selling at 39 pesos. But be guided that these figures will, however, be much higher at a forex bureau near you. Let's now join Gideon Amweniche of Data Bank for the latest updates on the stock market. Last week, the Ghanaian stock market recorded two gainers and one decliner out of 13 stocks that changed hands. Total Petroleum Ghana topped the gainers list, increasing by 4 pesos to 315 pesos, while Societe General Ghana followed gaining 1 peso to 75 pesos. On the contrary, Cow Bank led the decliners list for last week, losing 4 pesos to 64 pesos. The recorded price changes lowered the level of the Ghana Stock Exchange's Composite Index, reducing its year-to-date gains to 13.99%. The liquidity-adjusted DSI 20 index similarly closed last week lower, with a corresponding year-to-date gain of 13.44%. Looking ahead, we forecast the share price of Enterprise Group Limited to close this week higher. Cowbank, on the other hand, has stepped to decline due to excess supply of the shares on the floor of the exchange. That was Gideon Amuniche of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goal and Stambic Bank and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for listening. As always, please stay safe and do have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. minutes for seven. Ninety-seven point three CTFM. Kickoff is coming up shortly. Other issues that have come up this uh, long weekend. Otihine is not happy with community mining program. He 
says it's disguised galamse. We'll talk about that too. Fishermen demand investigations into cause of fish deaths along the coastline. Coming up next, this kickoff is brought to us by Betika. The best sports book in Africa is now live in Ghana. Play with us and enjoy the highest boosted odds. Create your own winning combination with Betika's Fabum Betty. And with only 50 pesos, you can win up to a thousand cities daily in Afala Jackpot. Sign up at betika.com.gh. Enjoy our fun virtuals and casino games. Betika, play with the champions. Betika is registered on the Gaming Commission. And it's not for people below 18. Segment is also brought to you by Leshego. We are partnering with Echo Fridges Ghana, vendors of Whirlpool, Lloyd, and Carrier Brands to introduce environmentally friendly fridges and ACs into the country. Get yours today. Use while you pay up in installments for up to 12 months, starting at 0% interest. You can also turn in your old fridges and ACs for a rebate voucher for participating or from participating vendors. You can call us on 0302-208-333. Terms and conditions apply. Lashago, let's improve life. And the news is also brought to us by Santol Energy. If you're looking for where you can find clean and affordable fuel, choose Santol Energy. We are an ISO certified Ghanaian-owned OMC dedicated to delivering best-in-class service to you. We're talking about super-friendly service at 33 filling stations across the country. Utilizing the latest technology at all our pumps, ensuring you get the best value for money, the correct quantity every time. We also have a loyalty program where you can get amazing discounts. Call us on 0501-260-158 or look for us on social media at Santol Energy. Santol Energy, clean fuel, friendly service. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. I've been seeing some things on Facebook. Who is a Kabuche boy and things? Yes. <laughs> Stabbing our lives. 1876. Yeah, Kabuche boy is just a visionary. Thinking. It's not necessarily true. Thinking ahead of the pack. You can go to the school and school and do anything oh, to you. Oh, don't do that. I've seen Kabuche boys who are just at all. <laughs> so don't, don't hide your your ignominy in the school's glory. No, don't do that. I'll do it. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's get into the headlines. And Legon City's head coach, Bashar Hayford, unhappy with intimidation of match officials in the Ghana Premier League. Ghana and Borussia Dortmund assistant coach Otto Addo opens up about his coaching journey and the UEFA Champions League with tonight with the quarterfinals as Real Madrid take on Liverpool. Let's get to the details in Accra Hearts of Folk head coach Samuel Boedu has downplayed talks of his team winning the Ghana Premier League title this season despite their good start to the second round. Boedu, who recently joined the team from Mediama Sporting Club, says he is more focused on getting the team to familiarize themselves with his style of play. With Hearts currently said on the table, he highlighted their focus is always on their next opponents and not the league title. Yeah, tactically, we have a lot of work to do, as I can see. Now the players, now coping with my system and the philosophy, it's not easy, but uh, I will expect them to take it fast so that we can improve upon it. 
Yeah, I normally I used to play attacking football. I love attacking, attacking and possessive football. Thinking about working on their techniques and the tactics. When they are you come to use when they when they are used to it, I believe that things will change and we play match after match. I'm not thinking about taking the league right now, but I'm planning how to win the next game. So we play match after match and I believe that the moment you are winning all your matches, things will change in your in our position. Accra Hearts of Oak head coach Samuel Buedu speaking there. Meanwhile, Legon City's head coach Bashir Hayford has accused fans of Brickham Chelsea of intimidating match officials when the two teams met on match week 18 in the Ghana Premier League. My worry, my worry is that the, the officials were threatened. They were insulted, threatening that they would beat them as had happened in the one month, one month so four or something, something. And so the referees were, 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 were I think they were intimidated. They were intimidated. Now, they are at the, at the tunnel. They told them that if any one of them chased them into the listen, I was annoyed even chasing him into the room. Carry him, if they should, 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 should lose, they will beat him like the one Manafo, something, something. Yeah. And so that one Manafo, the referee doesn't want to also be beaten like what. Uh, so he was scared. And look at what happened. Now, what happened to everybody saw it. People have saw it live. Everybody was looking. What happened to that last goal that he didn't take? You see, these are some of the things that happen in Ghana football. If you were a coach, you really know you are going forward or you are going back. Mm. You prepare your team and you come forward and the referee robs you. And then they tell you they will beat you like Omanasofo. They will beat you like Omanasofo and so what? You heard Legon City's head coach Bashir Hayford speaking there. To some more GFA-related news, and the Ghana Football Association has banned Techiman 11 Wonders from playing matches at the Ohene Ameyao Park home ground until further notice. The decision was taken after the club failed to comply with COVID-19 directives over the weekend when they hosted Asante Kotoko in match week 18 of the Ghana Premier League. The GFA issued a statement and stated that 11 Wonders had allowed fans into the ground against the laid-down COVID protocol. Let's get to some other news. And former Black Stars uh, striker Otoado says his love for the game and mentoring motivated him to take up coaching after retirement. The Borussia Dortmund assistant coach currently works with some of the biggest names in football, including Erling Haaland and Jadon Sancho as a player development expert. According to him, staying in football after retirement has always been part of his plan. I had an offer from Hamburg. I played for the for the second team as an older person to, to guide the young ones, and I liked it. And and then when I had again problems with my knee and I had to stop my career, I was thinking, okay, what what can I do now? I wanted to, to do something um, with uh, soccer or football. About this, I was very very sure, but I didn't know which section to go. So yeah, I went into the scouting. It was okay, but you know, traveling alone and. Um, uh, watching games alone was quite yeah, different and I'm a, a guy who likes to be around people and talk with people and they asked me if I yeah, could join the 19 as an assistant. I stepped in and I liked it and I liked to work with young players and with people and yeah, it was a good experience and I said okay, I like it and yeah, I want to do this for the rest of my life. So you have Borussia Dortmund assistant coach Otto Ardo speaking there. Let's quickly recap what happened in yesterday's EPL action. Everton Football Club had their top four hopes dealt a big blow after they picked up only a point as they drew 1-1 with Crystal Palace. Wolves also lost at home 3-2 to West Ham United. Jesse Lingard was in absolutely phenomenal form in that particular game. But later tonight, the UEFA Champions League returns.
Manchester City will be at home when they welcome Borussia Dortmund in the first leg of the quarterfinal. Rodri plays for Manchester City as a midfielder and he has been speaking ahead of tonight's big game. Of course, for me, all the competitions are quite the same. Uh, I want to win everything and I, I take the, the same ambition to, to, to every competition. It's true that it's a very, very tough competition. It demands you a lot. Uh, only two games and uh, can happen uh, whatever, but uh, of course it demands you to be focused in uh, 90 minutes. It's two games, um, the local stages. So uh, we have to be focused on this lovely competition. I think we we been we have quite experience in on these situations, and uh, we're gonna face a, a very a very good team. Well, of course, uh, I think it's impressive the, his his performance uh, since he appears. Uh, He's only, I think, 21 years old, and he, he's raising uh, lots of goals. But of course, we're not focused only in one in one player. We're focusing Borussia Dortmund. is is a is a big big uh, team in Europe. Uh, I remember facing with, with us. it was a tough uh, game, and uh, of course, they have lots of young players. But of course, a mix of young and. Rodri places football for Manchester City Football Club. Let's head to the camp of Liverpool. They will travel to play Real Madrid in the first leg of that Champions League quarter-final first leg. Let's hear from Liverpool forward Diego Jota speaking ahead of the big game. Uh, means a lot, of course. Uh, always in the bench, seeing the game, thinking uh, what could I do different to, to unlock the, the, the result. And unfortunately, I did two goals, just one count, but in the end we got the victory. Did you know you're the first player to do that for over 15 years? <laughs> no, I think that's um, stats and more stats, always. Well, it's, uh, it's really important for me, obviously. Uh, we, attacking players, we need the deliveries most of the times. And we all know Trent's ability uh, in terms of crossing, passing, is not his first assist. And I hope he's not the last one. Well, I think uh, we are in a good uh, momentum. Uh, we, we, we left for the international break with uh, two wins and two clean sheets. And now we follow the same path with another good win. And obviously the performance was a lot better as well than in, in previous games. So we want to build, to build on that. And tomorrow is a big challenge for us and we, we need to be ready. Well, we'll take a, a, lot, a lot of effort uh, mainly. Uh, we will probably need to, to run a lot to fight a lot because um, the way they play um, and obviously they are uh, the teams with uh, with most titles in this competition they are used to to these kind of uh, knockout stages so uh, we're gonna need to be at our best if you want to get the result tomorrow Diego Jota places football for Liverpool Football Club. So that's it. The stage is set. It's a big game. Real Madrid taking on Liverpool later tonight. Let's do some um, Tokyo Olympic game news. And North Korea has announced that it will not take part in the Tokyo Olympics this year, saying that their decision is to protect its athletes from COVID-19. The decision puts an end to South Korea's hopes of using the games to engage with the North amid stalled cross-border talks. Now, the announcement makes North Korea the first major country to skip um, the 2020 Games because of the pandemic. Now, the event is due to begin on the 23rd 
of July. Let's finish off with some basketball and some NBA games were played last night. The Knicks uh, were up against their rivals, the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets winning that one by a single possession. Kyrie Irving dropping 40 in that game. And then the Wizards also losing to the Raptors. Gary Trent Jr. calling game in that particular encounter. Luka Doncic was in form when the Mavericks beat the Jazz. And then the Timberwolves also managing to beat the Kings. The Pistons recorded a win over the Thunder. And then the Cavaliers beating the San Antonio Spurs in the shock result of the Knights 125. To 101 is how it ended. The Houston Rockets lost at home to the Phoenix Suns 133 to 130. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Betika and Leshego, the small sports at citysportsonline.com. <laughs> Facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation.
Yeah. 
All right, so it's 7.35, and this came in earlier. I didn't see it earlier. Good morning, Bernard. The guy has been knocked down at a portion of the Tetequashi Interchange, Spanner Junction, just before the overhead pedestrian bridge. Let me repeat this. So a gentleman has been knocked down at a portion of the Tetequashi Interchange, Spanner Junction, just before the overhead pedestrian bridge. I hope that has been attended to because this came in at 6.17. Good morning, Bernard. I live at Teshikam too. Between Thursday and now, we've had about 30 lights out. About 30 lights out. This is very bad. Sometimes two or three with five, within five minutes. This can cause home fires. That is to talk of the least. Now, the, the reason I'm reading this is that whilst we were on, on Thursday, a friend of mine, and you know him, uh, Godfrey, you know him, but I won't mention his name on air. His house got bent down completely because yeah, while he was um, away, yeah. the lights had gone on and off like 15 to 20 times. And his the whole house just got burnt. And he sent me photos of the house. And the house at Ashalibuchi completely bent down. I mean, bent. Or everything, they bent. Bent. And, he, he, and we asked him, he said the initial uh, analysis shows that it was the fluctuation in the power. That led to the house burning. So this gentleman from Tesla was also sending these messages, asking the ECG or whoever is in charge to just have mercy, okay? Because he says between Thursday and now, and this person I know, he can't be lying, that he's had about 30. So imagine Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five days. So about six in a day, on, off, on, off, six. What, what was that? So Gritco and ECG, if you say you're doing maintenance or you're doing system upgrade, that's fine. Why the power fluctuations? Okay, and I'm sure you say it's a local fault and all of this, but there has to be clarity in the way you're going about this because, you know, in Ghana, we don't have a culture of pursuing and suing and damages and all of those things because imagine somebody's whole house gets burned because of power fluctuation. That, that cannot be acceptable. So ECG, Gridco and Co, get your, get your act together. All right, so let's say a couple of quick happy birthdays. Uh, going to the platform now. Good morning, Bernard. Let your friend whose house got burnt report the case to the PURC. Thank you. Okay, I will let him do that. I'm sure he's done that already, but if he hasn't, I'll advise him to do that. Because he's pretty convinced it was the power f- fluctuations that led to the full house. This is a whole house. Could we imagine. It's unthinkable. And it's not like the house was burning and they came to stop. No, the house, when you see the pictures, even the, the like, you know, the kitchen cabinet, yeah. those things. It burned and said the blocks have burnt. I'm telling you, it's like... If, I don't know what, what like you down to foundation. What's the what's the bent bent equivalent of smash to smithereens? Mm, bent <laughs> to a crisp. Yes, bent to challenge serious. So ECG, we beg you. Now that you sent out a, a, a maintenance schedule for some part of a car, please stick to it. Please stick to it and come and explain to us the whole on and off thing. It's become. A problem. In fact, last week we spoke to some residents of Kumasi and they said the same thing. They said, now the light just goes and comes. It's almost like you can't be sure why it goes off so many times. You know, and appliances are getting damaged. Now you have to buy, there's something we call fridge guard. Mm. 
I have had to change a couple of fridges in my house because of this in the past. Yes. You know, and it damages televisions, it damages all kinds of yes. things. So it's, a, it's something that the power authorities need to really, really work on. It's not my main topic for today, but I just wanted to say that we are not happy with the incidents of erratic power supply. We'll come to that in the, in the full-blown time shortly. I want to wish a few people happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Mrs. Diana. Happy birthday to you. May the Lord Almighty continue to bless you and keep you so you'll be a blessing to generations. This is from Chris, Karis, Anne, and Micah. Wow, happy birthday. Happy 16th birthday to Samuel Bekwe of Pope John Senior High School. This is from your mom, Hortensia, a.k.a. Kukwa, and your sweet sister, Adubia, and your dad, Mr. Eugene Kufu, with love. And a belated happy birthday to the head of public affairs the AMA Gilbert Nee Ankara. This is from the PR team. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Yeah. And we asked God for a little brother mm. and he blessed us with the perfect angel. Nice one. Happy birthday to <laughs> Professor Ivan Luigi Nee Sinami Kanaku hey. of Royal East Hill School at Ai Mensa Special Ice. You turned two yesterday. He's already a professor. He just turned two. two. He's already a professor. Charlie, we always want you to know that God will always smile on you. This is from Dad, Ni Kanaku, Mom, Millicent, Dali Kanaku, and Sister, Na Luisa, and all your aunties and uncles. Okay? Mm. Uh, good morning, Bernard. Please wish Gideon Dreku, the branch manager of Absa Bank Tema, Fishing Harbor Branch, a happy birthday. Wishing him God's blessings, long life, and prosperity. This comes from Vida Santi and the entire team at Absa Bank Tema, Fishing Harbor Branch. And a happy birthday to Nana Yaode Asari of Start mm. Right JHS. God bless you and take you far. This is for your parents, Mr. and Mrs. Asari, and your siblings, Kweku Konedu and Nana Ose. Special request to my daughter, of, uh, Abena Ohiniwa Enchubwesiako of University of Ghana. You celebrate your birthday today from your dad, Kwame Enchubwesiako, for the judicial service. Good morning, Ben. I kindly wish uh, Mr. Kwame Joko to a belated birthday for me. This is from Prince Henry. All right, so the, 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 the big story for me uh, is the killing of, we don't know whether it's 10 or 11. I think it's 10. Some people say 11. O- obviously, a minor by two. Now, we are told a 15 and a 17-year-old, Felix Nyako and Nicholas Kinney, lured 10-year-old boy to an computer building, killed him. This this is actually where the gruesome word becomes um, appropriate in a very gruesome manner. Um, we're going to give you uh, a quick voice clip from Sergeant Isaac Evans Etty. He is with the Kasua Police. He's been speaking to us about what actually happened. And then you also hear from some of the residents of Kasua and their views about crime in general. But, you know, we, we're trying hard not to box the issues up. So this particular incident you you don't really want to link it to the, res, the usual crime because it's an unusual crime do you get me if there's anything like that because the, some of the crimes are mostly robberies like last week there was a man who was shot armed robbery attacks and things this is a, 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 a different situation okay you have minors killing a young boy and the, the reason the motive Lord. And the manner, so the, couple, the manner of the killing, the motive, what the police are saying, the relationship they had with the boy, the mother was cooking for them, and then the whole issue of Kasua and what people are saying about the place and the social issues there. Okay, so 
it's not just a question of security, send the police. Because I don't think sending an army or police would have solved this particular one. Uh-huh. Do you understand my point? So somehow, somehow we seem to be conflating the issues of security and crime. I think Kasua is more a social... Uh, okay. Social problems because of urban sprawl. Okay. So when you have uncontrolled urban expansion, it leads to social challenges, some of which we are seeing. Okay, I think that's a more reasonable way of analyzing the situation. It's not like bring police, bring soldiers. No, it's like somebody yesterday said to City News that about 80 families move to Kasua every day. We don't know, every week. This was in a voice clip we heard. So a lot of them, they are living in housing which is below par. Sanitation is not very good. Levels of income very low. A lot of parents don't have time for their children. Lots of um, concomitant social evils. And then you also look at things the kids are looking at, not just on TV, but also around them. All right. So you see people who you grew up with all of a sudden driving nice cars, and you ask, and they say, oh, this guy, he did this and got the car, or that type of thing. So that's also another layer of the discussion. All right. Then you also talk about, you know, it's funny. People who have money, even though they may not, they may be working, have time to mind their kids because they can pay somebody to stay with their kids. Poorer people may not necessarily have the time and the resources. So they are working and therefore the child is loitering, which is another level of the problem. Then there are a whole issue of uncompleted buildings coexisting <laughs> with us in yeah. all these places. And then you talk about the media and what we are depicting. So it's a lot of things going on. We'll deal with that. I just wanted you to hear, if you haven't heard, what the police actually said by way of the summary of the situation. This is Sergeant Isaac Evans Etty. On the 3rd of April 2021, around 10 in the morning, the Kaswa Divisional Police Command received a distress call that two boys by name Nicolas Kini and Felix Nyakun, aged 17 and 16 years respectively, had murdered an 11-year-old boy by name Ishmael Mensa at Coca-Cola near Lampemos in the Kaswa vicinity. Police proceeded to the crime scene and saw the body of the dead lying in a pool of blood. Initial investigation, considered by police, revealed that the boys, after they have killed the boy, would have taken him to a ritualist for money purposes. The body of the disease had been deposited at the police hospital mortuary for preservation and autopsy. And the two boys, Nicholas Kinney and Felix Nyagun, had been arrested and detained in the Kaswara Divisional Command uh, to assist the police with investigation. Yeah, let me take initial reactions to this story. We'll do a couple of interviews <coughs> on this cookie. I'm sure as a mother, this is completely uh, like Com- something. Completely heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, and, and as you said, there are many facets to this that we could possibly go into at some point. But the fact that these the, the boys involved themselves, are they're practically children. I mean, they're teenagers, mm-hmm. but they are children as well. Yeah. I mean, when you look at where they're 17. growing up, how they're growing up, and for them to be so easily influenced to take a life, Mm. and to think nothing of it all because of the promise of money according to them they are alleging that a malam told them to provide the body of a youngster I'm reading from the daily graphic now the father of the deceased said that Felix one of the suspects Felix Narko he's the 15 year old he asked his younger brother to lure Ishmael who is the deceased out of his house through an obscure route then they hit him on the back of the head that Nicholas Kinney that's the 17 year old was the one who hit him 
Apparently, after Ishmael fell down, Nicholas also used a cement block to hit his head again to make sure he was dead. Then, when he was asked why his son was killed, the two of them said a malam asked them to provide the body of a youngster so he'll perform some rituals to enable them to become rich. And then the father again went on to reiterate the fact that the, one of the suspects was a regular visitor to his house. The wife gave him food. They all lived together. And the fact that they even used someone even younger to lure the deceased out. I mean, it's just so tragic. Already, look, four children whose lives are probably permanently damaged because of this, you know, because of this, and then the knock-on effect of that. I, and I could go into so many things, but I, I've just let, been let heartbroken. Just hear the audio yeah. of what you just read, Calvis, uh, is it Calvis? Yeah. has been speaking to us. He has a report on what happened. By <laughs> No one a in the one week, ni debia no the phone as friend. They did a ban over. Then if a baby do SCC, yeah. To what do you know? Yeah, 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 I'm <laughs> So friends who know by now call any sooner made the name on. Until I honor no children may say me back at Swab I could say almost to two form the idea be a shaho. Now to one year to two form. No so who said fellas you are in a down to you know membrane and co head and I may call her speech. To me call and I say dining one we are hook a cab or mad. See one I mean who said blog be at the hobby for me, not me ye blogging. Me ye blogging I'm who say more on the 3rd of April 2021, around 10 in the morning, the Divisional Police Command received a distress call that two boys by name Nicholas Kinney and Felix Nyakun, aged 17 and 16 years respectively, had murdered an 11-year-old boy by name Ishmael Mensa at Coca-Cola near Lamptemos in the Kaswa vicinity. Police proceeded to the crime scene and saw the body of the dead lying in a pool of blood. Initial investigation, considered by police, revealed that the boys, after they have killed the boy, would have taken him to a ritualist for money purposes. The body of the disease had been deposited at the police hospital mortuary for preservation and autopsy. And the two boys, Nicholas Kinney and Felix Nyakun, had been arrested and detained in the Kaswa Divisional Command uh, to assist the police with investigation. Okay, so that was uh, again the report, and you had the, the police commander, Sergeant Isaac Evans, giving the, the conclusion. So, Kokui, from the graphic report, which is uh, sort of an additional leg, we understand the two minors. 
or the two will be arraigned before a court today? Yes, they will. They'll be arraigned before a court in the Ofanko District Court today. The Kaswa Divisional Police Commander confirmed this yesterday, and then it goes on into the story. Um, and so I guess we're yet to hear and to see what happens when they go to court today. It's mm. mind-boggling. So a couple of things. This seems like people who know each other. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, he wasn't abducted by strangers. No. no. So that's the first thing. Apparently the mother of, of the young boy who's been killed, Ishmael, cooks and sells. So they all mm-hmm. come and eat there. So they know each other. Mm-hmm. Mother says, I was lying down. The boy was playing on his computer and I sort of slept. So I don't even know when he left the room. And then he obviously was lured by these two. Yes. And from the narration of the male voice we heard, he knows these boys because after digging out the body, he asked his wife, ah, whose child? And the wife could readily ID yeah, the boy is, and say, well, that's Hajj's daughter, uh, Hajj's son. So they know each other. Yes. Okay, so... Imagine the level of trust. I mean, as she was able to fall asleep, never, never imagining that one of their own... Mm. you know, in their vicinity would, would do her, her son is safe. I mean there are people around. She yeah. would assume you understand. Yeah. Like and then to wake up to this. So what makes this very difficult is the fact that they are all minors yeah. and the fact that these are not this wasn't somebody who was abducted by strangers. No. So that's where I come I'm kinda of struggling. So fifteen and seventeen year old boy and we can't say they befriended Ishmael because of this no. from the story it's like they know each other already yeah so how did they get the information that this is you know and and how did they learn how to <coughs> kill a person i mean Godfrey, when i was a teenager one of my biggest struggles how to kill a chicken mm. i mean when they the first time they gave me it was a complete struggle yeah, yeah. so for, for to go beyond that into actually killing a person and yeah. burying the person yeah. Yeah. that young i mean ki- that young. killing takes a lot out of you it from what i've read yeah so you know so where are we even starting this from what is I, going I, on I, here? I, I i i i think you started it well with the socialization part and it, it just perhaps continues this conversation we've been having about how times are changing and how young people <coughs> are socialized differently now and the things that they are exposed to and the kind of things that easily influence people. And again, there isn't too much information about um, what's going on. I've seen a couple of videos that haven't been made public yet, so I don't want to really address those ones. Regarding, no, I'm, regarding, uh, th- there was a, an interrogation before the police got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, the community members actually handled the boys before the police got there. You know, and some of the things that these boys said, you know, it just leaves you dumbfounded. What did they say? You know, they were talking about um, basically who led who to do what. And so the Felix is blaming the other, uh, Nicholas. Nicholas. And Nicholas is saying, no, he just said we're going to do this. I didn't know this was his plan. I was just there. You know, but the police will clarify that up. But Basically, can one, somebody say, oh, well, these are products of their environment. That, will, that is the easiest assessment one will come to, the easiest conclusion one will come to. These are products of their own environment. But there's just so much happening in there that you can't also rush to any kind of conclusion, conclusion as to what might have influenced this. But have we, have we brought this upon ourselves by 
our laxity in in fact somebody made a post that said we failed our youth okay that's what it was basically saying that because we've we've um we don't mind our young people enough so we leave them to do whatever they are doing so we don't really know what's going on in their lives that's number one so we are surprised when they show certain tendencies then we've also left the media space to really corrupt them because of the things we show and normalize mm-hmm. that's number two then they also talk about what they see around them so when they are in you grow up in a neighborhood and you see somebody and you realize mm-hmm. that actually this guy right now he thinks they be for ammo and you realize that there's no consequence for ill-gotten wealth it's all all accolades yeah. so so first we don't have time because we are poor we don't have all the resources so we always leave the kids to do whatever they do they loiter around number two most a lot of the tv stations are showing all kinds of things yeah, that are not wholesome yeah, and basically yeah. you can make money in different ways you can kill i mean all those things then you also have the society's glorification of wealth and then when you put all that together with poverty yeah. and desperation mm. this is one of the results i'm not sure whether it's even is even legitimate to start the conclusion. that's what i'm saying you see because you know there's a lot of urban legend myth and reality mixed into this so by urban legend and myth, I'm talking about in that there's a lot of sto- there are a lot of stories about how like from the Kaswa through the Swedro area, people just see the young boys there would do whatever it takes for money. So there's a perception, and I'm saying perception. Those who live there can because I don't want to malign in an area or something that like it's basically Sakawa Central and Blood Money Central, Kaswa Swedro, these two places. That enclave. That enclave. Is blood money central, and that you find a lot of successful young men whose Part occupation you cannot, you really, cannot really explain. And like you said, they become heroes in the area, so other young boys look up to them because, under what circumstances, a 15 year old boy going to justify sudden wealth? That yeah. he's, he, he's, he's suddenly wealthy. I'm 15 and I'm suddenly wealthy because he knows that, that where, wherever he lives, yeah, yeah. nobody will ask a question. Yeah. It is normal for 15-year-olds to suddenly show up with the latest Honda or the latest Toyota. But can you even drive? You'll be surprised. <laughs> I mean, 15-year-old, that you'll be surprised. Don't worry. You'll be surprised. You see, so there's a mix of that in there. And it, it, we, we, it ends up influencing people, whether we like it or not. This mix of truth, legend, and myth, and all these things, it ends up influencing people. And perhaps it's the... People, we might have to find alternative solutions to this. It's not going to be a one-stop shop, Should and it's not because it's not a simple solution. Should we blame our, ourselves as media for part of this? I think Should we accept some of the blame for what we part, part yes, what we glorify and what we normalize. Partly, part, yes, partly. And you know, people like to use the the usual cop out of oh, you know, you can't really censor, you can't really censor media. You know, the media commission is handicapped. You know, we can't censor anyone. You can't censor. You can't. But you see, <clears throat> I, I, what, what concerns me, I think as a society, we should be worried when you see children of this age who are, they, they came across, you know, the videos you referred to, mm-hmm. they came across as quite soulless. Mm-hmm. As if, I mean, it was very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, we were going to do the, I mean, no kind of semblance of remorse for the fact that they've taken a life. It was almost as if, oh, sh- darn, we got caught. Yeah, most, they, they were, like they were stealing money and they were caught. Like, I don't know if it hasn't dawned on them what they've Maybe done. Maybe too early in the kingdom. I don't know. But the fact that they were able to do that so 
calculating and cold and callously and and it doesn't seem as if it took a long time because if you listen to the narration probably like two three hours yeah so for for them to be that young and to have that kind of an approach to life Mm. so a couple of things you're saying let's not make this a casual issue because Mm. there could be other young people in other places Places. having the same type of influence exactly number two let's um let's not just blame one cause no it's not poor parenting it's not bad media is not inordinate uh, uh, desire to be wealthy. It's all three and others. Others, yeah. and also because we we also don't have the full picture, genuinely, you know, to to be able to even come to some of these conclusions. But we do know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. You see, because again, residents of Kassar themselves will tell you sometimes they are victims of perception that things are not as bad as. Mm-hmm. No, but if you listen to them, if I have an uh, audio clip of Kassar people I can air later, mm-hmm. where they are basically saying they are not happy with the poor security but again this is not a security issue <laughs> exactly okay they, they but they've said that it sort of came to a head with this one yeah because they say they hear of killings almost every week or some shooting or some robbery something so they're getting a bit fed up so this one's like a last shot that comes back question is what does this leave us what what can we do that's it what what, what so if if i'm a president of a country and i hear this what policy failure led to this mm-hmm. i think that's the question is it the education policy that failed? Is it the urban management special policy that didn't work? Is it the media? You know I mean? I'm trying to think about where, because if you want to solve a problem, you need to know where you can make the most change. But what problem are so you solving? The problem that created these two boys. Yeah. The pro- because honestly, a society. You can you, you, you see, you, see you, mm. you, can, you, you have to assess. The problem is how you can produce a 17 and 15 year old. Capable of killing for blood money, not an accident. He wasn't. He didn't take his father's gun and shot by accident. Mm-hmm. So it was predetermined from the veneration. Somebody they know. You obviously, and of course, we can deal with the question of evil, and that. But that's not. I'm not into that philosophical issue of people will be bad and things. But I feel you need to ask yourself what policy failures have created this situation, and deal with it. That's how you should look at it. Honestly, because there, I don't know how else we can deal with it. Of course, you take them to Boston Institute to deal with the immediate issue. But if you want to be reflective as a, a government or as a citizenry, you need to ask yourself, where did we go wrong? Well, if you have the answer, let me know. Send me a WhatsApp, 54 I'll be happy to hear from you at, at least. Where did we go wrong as a society? Anyway, it's time for tech and social media trends brought to us by... Uh, by our friends at Standard Chartered Bank. Now at Standard Chart, we've got you covered. You don't need to step out to transact. We've got majority of your in-branch transactions on our ground-breaking mobile app, SC Mobile. So if you're at home or wherever you are, you can conduct so many transactions. You can send mobile money. You can block a debit card or activate one. You can request a fixed deposit. So many transactions, okay? Mm. Just download the SC Mobile app. Follow the instructions and you're good to go. Standard Chartered is Ghana's number one digital bank and they're here for good. Mm. All right, so uh, Delali Adogla is here. Good morning, Delali. Good morning, Bernard. Thanks for joining us. And, and the story you were just discussing has been one of the major trends. You know, we've had a long weekend and Lots of and it, it's, that was one of the main issues, the Kaswa murder. And there have been two clear lines of discussion. We have the crime angle where they, we have residents in Kaswa complaining about the insecurity in the area. Mm-hmm. And then the nature of this particular crime, like you are saying, and whether uh, the, we've allowed malams, we've allowed the pursuit of wealth to really fester into the 
aspirations of our children to the extent that now we are getting these incidents, this incident happening. And we have people even sharing stories of, or sharing us. I, I saw one story of somebody saying they found a body with missing parts. And we see these stories all over Ghana, not just Kaswa, to be fair. It's not just Kaswa where we've mm-hmm. seen reports of mm-hmm. ritual murder. So those, are the two main, those have been the two main discussions. And we have somebody saying we should be blaming the media houses. He tweeted that we allow malams and fetish priests to advertise all over. Mm-hmm. And what do we expect if our children are watching these things? And they and believe that. it. And there was a tweet from Ernesto that generated, generated a lot of discussion, talking about the rule of art and how our movies have also may have contributed to this. And then there were arguments on both sides of the thing. And we had Lydia Fawson coming in to say it was unfair. To blame art. Yeah, because it's, it, we can't say because, of, because art is reflecting society. So maybe she's making the chicken and the egg argument saying mm. that it's only reflecting what is in society where the malams are there, the ritual miners are there. Mm. And then we have other arguments along those lines and saying that these things happened even before social media and TVs became popular. Mm. So and these kind of... So she said you can't blame the, the art. Yes. And mm. these are discussions we've had elsewhere because we've seen crimes mirroring things in movies and stuff, whether in the US, whether in, in Europe. And then these discussions come up and also bringing in video games and seeing our video games becoming too violent. So this is something that's happened yeah. over the years, whether our sources of entertainment are becoming, uh, influencing violence in society. So, mm. so the Kaswa thing has been trending. Okay. And also we've had Doomsaw issues. I mean, Ghanaians mm. are just tired of the, the, the thing. And they are not happy with the, the, the communication from government, Gwitko and ECG, because Gwitko was, for example, attributing one of the incidents to a, tra- a falling transmission line. And then we had people in Kumasi saying, how is this affecting me? Because I haven't had power. And ECG on Facebook, on Easter, posted a message saying he has risen. And Ghanaians jumped on, onto, their, onto their posts and were upset saying, Doomsaw has risen, not EC, ECG and all that. So we had so many posts, you can go and read them. And there's a lot of humor, but it also sends the frustration in the thing. And they are saying, you think Jesus rose for Doomsaw and all those things in the, in the, in the trade. And over the weekend, there was a story that an Anglican priest said to Bahamia that God will not put off your light. <laughs> and then I think I said, well... In, in in some in some areas, I was taking us even teasing them about doom. So <laughs> God doesn't yeah. take off anybody's yeah, life. So yeah, we have that thing. People mm. are just upset because it's been all over the place. Even though they're seeing there's a shadow for specific areas, you are finding that people come under the the post announcing the shadow or the story saying that. Mm-hmm. But I'm here, and I'm not power. We had people in Kumasi complaining a lot about the thing. Mm-hmm. The whole Easter, no power and all that. Yeah. Although there was there was somebody in Cape Coast saying his power is relatively stable. So. Maybe we should hear from them and maybe they can balance it. But then, mm-hmm. generally, people are upset with the doom so and then the low voltage. Too. Yes. There's been a lot of low voltage. Like in my area, there was doom so it came back on them for like 12 hours. It just kept going on and off and it's low. It was just low voltage. The fridges were not working, fans were not working, some lights were flickering and all that too. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had that issue. And also the issue with the fishes. For that one, mm. there's a lot of speculation because the fishes washed ashore, a lot of discussion, but we don't know what really caused it. People are saying it may have been a chemical spill. Mm-hmm. People are sharing a post on a story from Iran saying Chinese may have been doing some a lot of electro, electro, that, electro that thing to me. Yes, oh. but we don't electro pulse fishing, but we don't know yet. So the FD, sorry, the FDA fisheries commission and all this they are investigating. So mm. on that, and also there was we, if you were following social media, especially Twitter, you'd have seen a lot of posts on crowdfunding for health. Yeah. So that also generated a lot yeah. of discussion. Yeah. Because the main questions being asked now are, I mean, the, 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 the posts were there and all that, but then people are asking questions about what this means for healthcare in Ghana. Yeah, because the costs are like, how can somebody yeah. afford, if you are relying... $30,000, $30,000, and it's like child's operation. 
So they are basically saying our healthcare system has failed us. We had Spurgeon on Twitter saying our healthcare system has failed us, and then mm. we had Brakobi saying this is this this just shows that we need to be holding our leaders more accountable because if because yeah. the system is broken basically, and yeah, he has some questions like asking why it's so expensive in this country and saying that clearly these donations are not sustainable yeah. because these are just how many people. And you know what baffles me? How uh, politicians post about fixing a system. Yeah. Oh, if they fix the health, I mean the health system. For me, this is a test of the health system. Yes, because we have, I mean, be, be, although there are serious illnesses, like for example, they've been advocating for cancer to be brought under the healthcare, under the NHS, NHS yeah. because if, especially for child cancers and all that. So, yeah. so these are the questions people are asking, following those crowdfunding trends and all that. So it's been. Generally, a depressing. Although it was a long weekend, people went Very into depressing. the Easter break full of, I mean, happy for the long weekend. But then going through the weekend, the and there was also traffic on the health the tra- the traffic on Thursday. Just so it's been a bit depressing. Yeah, week. generally on, on social media, frustration. We don't have any tech news to cheer me up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story Maximo sent me that about one million Ghanaians' Facebook data had been compromised. And this was part of about 3.5 billion people whose Facebook data had been compromised. So he sent me the link, and I don't know whether it's popped up on your screen. I mean, on the international on the international media, there are reports of the the, the in the UK, they are regula- in Ireland, they are they are probing the data dump and all that. So, mm. but the fact that it hasn't registered here is troubling for me. Yeah. That one million Ghanaian Facebook users' data has been compromised, and nobody really cares. Mm-hmm. Okay, so by the time we start waking so up... So international media, that has been, has been trending. Yeah, but the again, of the tell you how far behind we are. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we are so not even thinking about that. But yeah, it so has of serious the implications. Yeah. But we don't even care. Mm. You know, so that, again, is a different story. But thank you, uh, Delali. I appreciate that. This here is for the creative ones. The cool cats, the mavericks, the ones whose parents still don't know what they do. The ones who rock large, frozen, vintage clothes. Those who describe everything they like as deep and create the beauty that takes our breath away. You should never stop creating to do your banking. That's why Standard Chartered brings you SC Mobile, a digital banking app that allows you to pay for that camera, get a statement for your visa, set up your debit card, and so much more while in the studio. Simply download the SC Mobile app from the Apple Play Store. Load money into your account and you're good to go. Just dial 3311 across all networks for free and be unstoppable. Standard Chartered, here for good. Terms and conditions apply. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. As we continue to fight COVID-19 together, EcoBank offers you several ways to stay home, stay safe, and take control of your finances. Use EcoBank Mobile whenever, wherever, with or without an EcoBank account to send money through SMS and email. Also buy airtime, pay bills, and much more from the comfort of your home. For high-value transactions, use our internet banking services. EcoBank QR code enables you to make cashless digital payments when paying for goods and services. Download the EcoBank 
Mobile today from the Google Play Store, App Store, or from our Facebook page. Additionally, dial the short code star 770 hash from any phone and start transacting. Echobank cares. Remember to observe social distancing, wash your hands frequently, and don't touch your face. For further assistance, kindly call Echobank Contact Center on 0800-003225 anytime any day toll free or on 0302-213-999. Stay home, stay safe. Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank. It's a good day to meet every challenge. It's a good day to want more out of life. It's a good day to wish for it, work for it, go get it. Familiar taste, a delicious indulgent with a flavor you just can't hide. Refreshing energy gives so much for so little. For a strong performance, you've come to the right place. Good day energy drink. Why wait a minute to enjoy a good day when every second counts? Good day energy drink keeps you going. Excessive drinking can be detrimental to your health. Not recommended for persons under 18 years, lactated mothers, pregnant women, and people sensitive to caffeine. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. My name is Yuri Pot, Yuri Pot, hey, my boo, my ba. Charlie, what it happens? This is Manifest. Have you heard about U-Report? It's a new platform that gives you access to a lot of important information and also lets you speak up on issues that are important to you. It is very easy to become a U-Reporter. Just text JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 1755. It's free on MTN, Vodafone, and Airtel Tigo. Join U-Report to make your voice count. Let your voice count now. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Words on the most high, Celestia. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 
So it's 14 minutes past 8. Kukui has a couple of messages for us. But this morning, what I want to do is, I, I want us to reflect as a society. So, you know, I, I, I don't even think we have enough experts to look at all the the various angles to this. So what I'll do is that maybe around 8.35, I'll ask people to call and tell me what what went wrong and what can we do about this. Now, I'm not just trying to find fault. I'm trying to have a conversation about what can we do to prevent this. This is a big thing that shocked us. Okay, so what went wrong and what can we do to stop it? Is it the... So maybe the, the question I asked the, the girlfriend for the break, is it the... What policy failure led to this situation and how can we deal with it? That's a question for the day. What policy failure led to a 15 and a 17-year-old boy killing a 10-year-old they know? Gruesome murder in an uncompleted building. Buried him. It's almost like Moses in Egypt. Right? Kill the guy, bury him, and to plant, I'll come back later and harvest the parts. Like, how do you even harvest the parts? Aren't you even scared of a dead body? I didn't see a dead body in my life until I was like in my 20s, properly so-called. So there's a lot of things going on here. So where, what policy failure led to this? How can we deal with it? We'll take your calls around 8.35ish. Bakuku, you have a couple of quick things to say to us. Yes, I do. Well, we welcome you to Surfline's reliable stream of internet data that never expires. Tell me about it. So on Surfline, you get free 50 gigabytes of data and up to 100% bonus on your first top-up. Just walk into any of our shops or retail outlets in Accra, Tema, and Takrade, buy a device, and redeem your 50 gigabytes of internet instantly for free. Mm-hmm. Surfline, it's about time. Thank you. And remember that our messages on CBS are brought to you by Ecobank GHQR. Nice one. No payment restrictions as we collaborate toward a common goal. Ecobank Pay GHQR allows you to make contactless payments from anywhere, mm. in-store, online, from any bank account, any mobile money wallet, you name it, you can do it. For inquiries, call Ecobank toll-free on 0800-003-225. Ecobank, the Pan-African Bank. <laughs> Comments are also welcome on 054-998-6996. Where did we go wrong? And how do we prevent another occurrence of this tragedy? Right. Well, you can transfer funds from your bank account to your mobile money wallet and vice versa using the Zenith Bank to Wallet service at absolutely no cost to you. Just dial star 966 hash, select option 5 and follow the prompts. And this service is available to MTN and Airtel Tigo customers. Zenith Bank, in your best interest. Oh, right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We all love to live in safe spaces, right? Mm-hmm. You want to yes. live in a house that's secure, that's strong, that can withstand everything. That's why I need to be friends with Gossip. Now, every bag of Gossip cement you buy helps to contribute in building our communities with schools, hospitals, employment, and so much more. So don't compromise on quality. Choose the value Gossip gives you always. And remember to stay safe and follow the COVID-19 protocols. Gossip is the nation builder.
And since we are talking buildings, King City Real Estate is rebranding to Estate Masters Limited and they are into the sale of affordable registered service plots void of litigation. Very important. Now, they have three sites situated eight minutes drive after the Central University in Chopoli, the new airport city area, and in Bodrasi, that's after Kaswa on the Cape Coast Road. Now, if you have as little as 11,000 CDs, you can get yourself a plot. So visit the offices of Estate Masters Limited at Tema Community 25, Savannah Junction of the Tema Plower Road. Or you can give them a call 0241-363-776 or 0500-304-447. And if you own a school, a private institution or a music school, a media school that's below tertiary level, you need to take note. From August 21, 2020, MPEV Education Regulatory Bodies Act 2020, you need to acquire a license from the, Nas- from the National Schools Inspectorate Authority, NASIA, formerly known as NIB, and they are working under the Ministry of Education to register and license all public and private pre tertiary schools in Ghana. If you want more info, give them a call on 0302-278-2318 or 0545-732688 or send them an email, info at nasia.gov.gh nasia enforcing standards ensuring quality all right uh, i have your comments i'll read them i'll take your calls on this national blot uh, i wanted to just do two quick things child rights international executive director bright appear says that the exposure of children to inappropriate content on both traditional social media is part to blame for what we're seeing with what happened in Kaswa, this is Bright Apia speaking. For children to engage in this kind of talk, it shows the uh, overly exposure of uh, children to act that make them believe that overnight they can they can make money, and that for me uh, brings about the issue of the state having a policy direction on parenting in terms of how we train our children so that. We can limit the activities of other people, especially the media when it comes to TV, for showing adverts that portray people in a certain way in terms of money rituals and other things. So it is important for, for the citizens to be regulated. Otherwise, we will continue to see this kind of um, act, the kind of thing that they can advertise, what time they can do that, if it's allowed, so that our children will have only information that will be beneficial their welfare and then they are developed. Where did we go wrong as a society? How did we get here? Um, I'm resisting <clears> the temptation <throat> to do a full-blown discussion on Kasua because I, I want to take this from an, a national perspective, not a Kasua perspective. Um, because there are places where you can have teenagers thinking like this. It's not just Kasua. So whereas there's a Kasua angle to this. Because what I wanted you to do for me was but there, there seems to be a relationship between certain kinds of settlements and certain kinds of stories. Okay, so all these, I don't know how to put it, you know, teenage pregnancy, mm-hmm. gambling, mm-hmm. use of ab- substance abuse, mm-hmm. uh, rape, um, stealing, live broad daylight robberies, they seem to occur more frequently in certain kinds of spaces. In unplanned spaces. Yeah, that's the yeah, word I want to use. In unplanned spaces. And uh, sometimes if you look at certain things, there is a certain amount of predictability 
mm. as well. Um, crime. You can predict what types of crimes happen in certain places. Mm -hmm. um, economic activities. You can predict what kind of economic activities go on there. Um, um, health issues. You can make predictions based on how the places are. So when there's a cholera outbreak and you do the mapping, you know that these areas definitely may get them. Um, the 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 these what do you call it? The betting companies. You see how widespread they are in the country. You you can you you can predict where they set up based on the kind of settlement they are. And you also see a trend where sometimes in certain places they even work two four seven because there is no law and order. And when children should not be there, you find children there because there is no law and order. So places like Kaswa, places like um, these days, if you come to so Damrahia... When you say unplanned spaces, does the lack of planning reflect the kind of people there or it just sort of amplifies the disorder? I don't, and, and how does, so how does a planned place like um, Cantonment mm -hmm. or Laboni uh, serve a child better than somebody who lives in an unplanned space. So are you saying that if he's in cantonment, he'll go and sleep at a specific time, but if he's in Kasua, they will let him go and sleep at any time. Is that no more a question of poverty than it is of planning? Well, you well, get my well, poverty, planning, implementation, all those things are related somehow. Because if you if you look at us right now, right, if you need to 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 get proper accommodation or a place to live. Mm -hmm. You live where you can afford. Mm -hmm. You live where you can afford. Mm -hmm. So if you are poor and you cannot afford your Laboni or your cantonments or those parts of East Legon that are well planned and everything, or your region you further, right? Or your region, Kumasi, or your Inshai. So you go further. So people are going to Kaswa. These days, you won't even get land in Kaswa proper to buy. Okay. You have to Kuma, go close Dumbura, to Gumwa, Gumwa, Akote, Gumwa. Yes, and. When when development is happening, people who go to live there to work, they also gradually become woven into the system. They do not leave because they'll find continuous work over a period of like 10 to 20 years and entrench themselves in the area. So there's a certain amount of predictability to, to all these things. Mm -hmm. If you go to Kumase, there are certain neighborhoods that whatever is happening in Kaswa, you find may happen there. If you go to other regions, you see some of these links. And you mentioned that poverty is one of those things. And the fact that largely as a country, we have not sat down to look at the human and their needs and how to meet the needs of the Ghanaian. We have not done some of those things. So it's happening in Kaswa. And it's really, really, really sad because, look, these children, what if their parents had good jobs? What if... They were getting some correct education. What if they were being involved in some better things? Would this be some of the things they would do? So I feel that... So let me press you guys. Eh? Mm -hmm. If I ask you to tell me the leading cause of this, of all the things that we have said, which, which is the most important? So maybe you are, you, are, you are being given some platform to try and come up with a solution to this. Let me give you some possible causes so poverty is definitely one um media bad media is another okay poverty is one bad media is another um um the third one could be 
poor leadership stroke parenting so maybe let me keep parenting mm-hmm. parenting so poverty media parenting um and then bad tra- uh, beliefs so that mm-hmm. includes religion culture everything else right so poverty um media parenting and then beliefs mm-hmm. as four possible causes which, which which of them do you think is the most important or w- because in in trying to sort of deal with this specific case poverty media and media includes social and traditional media mm. parenting as in people not taking responsibility and then beliefs culture religion those things in one box which of them do you think if we are if you are in a court of uh, a court that tries to sort of say let's place culpability where culpability lies who who get the longest sentence in prison? You've asked some questions. I want to add a sub question to no, what, don't do no, I, I I'm beg you. I beg, yes, the four no, the beliefs no. I, I beg you, Bernard. Which the one? beliefs no. Mm. We say Ghana is largely religious, right? Yeah. With a lot of Muslims and Christians. Yeah. And you're always, always going to church or or the mosque. And so why is it that with entrenched religion in the country, but still our values keep yeah, but that's why the question of belief. So, 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 so that's why I'm beliefs. just adding the sub question for people to no, the, it's com- no. Let's leave the question that way. Don't, okay. don't, I'm just saying: is it beliefs? Is it poverty? Is it parenting? Is it media? Where do you want to deal? With? Don't forget: if we want to solve this problem, we have to deal with what caused it. Okay, and in reflecting, which of them has had the most impact on these two boys: parenting, poverty, media, or beliefs? And poverty. Parenting and poverty. You see, one affects the other. You see, because honestly speaking, in a lot of these places, you have parents who are struggling to get by. So, supervision is poor because the parents are running all over the place. Because in all this, it's been three days, we haven't heard from the parents of Nicholas and Felix. Yeah, initially, one of the men we spoke to appeared to be a guardian of one of them but it wasn't very clear it wasn't it wasn't very this clear was i think he was somebody who lived next to the place yes and he knows them but yes. he, he wasn't the parent exactly so the question i ask is because we we know ismail's parents mm-hmm. you understand and that is why uh, hajia was surprised when she was told her son had died because he was in the living room with his laptop yeah. supposed to be playing again yeah you understand so the Poverty. So you can't even blame poverty that much because no. the woman who works, her son has a laptop and he are playing in the house. So it's not as if he's some boy who's been left on the street to be ruined. No, 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 he's, no. He's in the exactly. house, and his mother is a responsible parent. From the way she was talking, yes. the sister said he just got up with his friends. So he's not some exactly. You know. So poverty can't be the first. No, no, this one. I'm talking about the so, 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 yeah. so for you, poverty, parenting, poverty and parenting linked. For the course of the two boys. Yes, poverty and parenting. From a perpetrator angle. Yeah, you see, because the reason why I'm saying is linked also is because we have people who are good parents even though they are poor. Mm, mm, okay. Mm, and mm. raise bad parents who are rich. Yeah. And, you know, these people raise socially upright children in these places and they grow up to be important people as well. So it's not a one size fits all. So we can blame poverty for this situation. I, no, I'm saying that two. Put together. Working together. Yes, the two together should share the blame. Parents and poverty. Yeah. I'll, take, I'll, I take, I'll take other views on this and then I'll take the callers. I, I really don't, I want to hear Ghanaians talk about this, honestly. And I don't want us to talk about it like we are holier than somebody and we are going to blame everybody else. We are trying to reflect on what our society is becoming. 
So we are not we are not sort of pontificating that we are better than everybody else and therefore everybody else is bad. What we are saying is that when we look at ourselves as Ghanaians, what did we do wrong for this to happen? So we are all part. That's the, the premise I'm using. So please don't see this as some pontification, high horses type of thing we are doing like we are better than everybody else. No. That's why we are owning the problem. And that's why I've also included media in the possible causes. So let's take into account the time. It's 8.31. Get the car bank app to do transactions in a more convenient and customer-friendly way. Pay your bills, buy airtime and data bundles, change your card limits, and get your life back in order with the car bank app. You don't even need to be a car a customer to use the app you can link your visa or mastercard or your mobile money wallet to the app and you can use it to simplify your transactions the advantages outweigh the difficulties call 0800 500 500 or follow us on our social media platforms look for us at carbank.net carbank forward together now that the month of march is over <laughs> we will have normal your money tips without all this we we may wine 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 things. <laughs> Please, oh, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. Well, the quote is from a woman called mm. Julia Cameron, but this is what she says: "What we really want to do is what we are really meant to do. Mm-hmm. When we do what we are meant to do, money comes to us. Okay. Doors open for us. Mm-hmm. We feel useful, mm. and the work we do feels like play to us." Mm-hmm. So we we have to find that happy medium where what we want to do and what we meant to do comes together and brings us money. Okay, mm-hmm. a lot of people are in very unfulfilling occupations, and for, maybe for for legitimate reasons. You know, everybody wants to be secure and stable. But at the end of the day, you find true fulfillment when you're doing what you're meant to be doing, which is mm-hmm. normally what you want to do. But I like it, yeah, I like. So it if you too. do what you're meant to do, yeah. money will come. It will come. It will come because yeah. you're more likely to, to do it well. Yes, to do it well. Yeah, and to pursue it with uh, your passion. Yeah, I've always said to people, if if you want an example, I used to be, I used to sing in a choir. Can you imagine? Imagine if I'm a musician, how poor I would be. Now think about it. I was in a mass choir for one year, Ooh. and I couldn't even get the rhythm of movement right. Not not talk <laughs> of the songs. I couldn't even like when they are going left, I'm going right. How did you sing? Tenor. Really? I was a high tenor. You were a high tenor. It was terrible. It's bad. Like, <laughs> Jessica was in that choir. So just to so Jessica, so, so imagine if I were a musician, I lost as a musician. Hmm. I'll be broke. Oh. I'll be annoying. No, no, ah. will play my songs. <laughs> but I'm here talking, and I'm doing well. I'm very frustrated, man. So do what you are meant to do, <laughs> not what people like to you. You can do. And yeah. Money, like how it's brought Bernard money. No, I, I, money is not the only reward, but the money too will come, inshallah. <laughs> Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. All right, so let's get into the conversation. Uh, 8.35, I'll take your calls. If you want to talk to me about this, please feel free to call me. What what happened? What, what went wrong? Now, I'll, read, uh, I'll take two comments and I'll read a, a few text messages and I'll take some calls. So, uh, Goffred says he thinks that it's Parenting is the most important issue here, and particularly of the two boys. Parenting. Uh, I'll leave Kojo and come to Kokui before I come to Nathan and come to Kojo Endly. Kokui, poverty, parenting, 
beliefs, religion, culture, and then media. Mm-hmm. If you were the the you were in the Supreme Court and you were analyzing this case, what would you what, where would you place the greatest blame? I'm I'm inclined to side with Godfred here on parenting slash leadership. Parenting slash leadership. I think I think you 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 kind of mm. um, had an amalgamation of the two. But parenting plus leadership. Yeah, because I think as you said previously that there are poor people who don't go around killing their friends. Yeah. Poverty is not necessarily the catalyst for acts like this. Um, so somewhere, mm. somehow, something went wrong. We mm. don't know whether or not these these guys are in school or what school they attend. Mm-hmm. Again, we don't know their, their parental situation because if they're 15 and 17, they should be in SHS. Yep. Um, and, no, and, and, and it's free. And it's free. And we know it's, yes, we know it's Easter break, so are the kids home on break? You know, what what's what's the situation with their education, their parentage? You know, what what led to them... But what leads to bad parenting? There are, there are several things. Poverty, I don't think, is one of them. Poverty can play a role in that, as you're saying, if you're a parent who's out there trying to make a living to support your family and it's a bit tough, maybe you don't have the options of having that kind of influence or proximity to your children to influence them that much. Maybe you don't have enough people around you who mm. are qualified to take care of them. Maybe you can't afford to live in a decent area. So you think parenting is a leading issue? I think I think it's a big part of, of it. Of the issue? A big of course, we're saying there are different courses. So the most important for you is the parenting leadership thing. Yeah, leadership and leadership. How did these guys encounter this Malam? Where is he? Who is he? Nobody really knows. Is mm. it even true that a Malam told them to do this? We haven't really heard much about that. And if that's the case, yeah, how is this person even allowed to operate and, and mm. you know, encourage this kind of thing? So that maybe that's where... The, the Malam is the missing jigsaw. He's, he's missing. So two people missing the story. The parents of the perpetrators yeah. and the Malam or the Juju man or whatever. Whoever. They or claim, woman. You know, or okay, let's take Nathan and Godfrey, uh, Kojo and then I'll take some calls. If you want to talk about this, please, it's open. We're going to take calls till nine. I really want to hear from Ghanaians. Nathan, quick, quick, quick. Poverty, parenting... <laughs> Media or belief? I, look, I think that all of them are related. I just want to highlight the media part. Okay. Because I feel that that's where sometimes you can't access, to, you know, access to media on the side of young people. This is not, it's not too controlled. Because if you have parents away from home and with the proliferation of social media, smartphones, they can watch all kinds of things on their phones. Watch all kinds of things on television. I remember when we went to Cape Coast for the MPP manifesto launch and I was with Duke that after the event we were in the hotel room from one channel from one TV channel to the other there was somebody on who's putting a number on TV saying that call me come and see me I'll help you double your money I'll make you wealthy this and that all kinds of things every station all, you can know. all kinds of things now these days you see the mistake around going to see a malam or, or, or sorry, a juju, whoever. This is the mistake. Is not. Is no. Is there? Is gone, because they are in your friends list on Facebook and they are sending you friend requests and stuff like that. Oh, sometimes so, when I'm doing a point of view, somebody says, "Do you want uh, money uh-huh. to make wealth? Do you Good. want so children?" Are, the mistake is gone. One, there's a number. They will call. Now these young boys are seeing things around them. They are watching the music videos. They are listening to the songs. The songs we like and jump to. When you pause and listen to some of the things the song is saying, it will push these boys. Songs that are saying that, let's make money. Let's get money. It doesn't matter what kind of money you make. Let's make money anyway. 
So you are more into the media. These thing. are the things that are because these are the things the young boys are listening to. Like God first said, they are seeing their older brothers, quote unquote, the older boys in the neighborhood driving fancy cars, and they are looking at them and they're saying, "Wow, that's the life I want." So that you you blame the media, so I, the, the media, I, I, issue, I, I, the media I mean, policy. Yeah, I feel that you need content. to do something because it is easy to get these things. Look, your parents can give you the best training in the world, mm-hmm. right? But if you have access to music videos, you have access to all these things. The more you watch these things, the more you start to become amenable mm. to some so, of these. So things. the media so I is that, shaping our yes, young I people beyond yes. what no, parents can parents do. Parents can try and try and try. It is true. Some parents are trying real hard. But if once there's this and, and you are not letting your children know the excesses of some of these things, they may become amenable. A little influence, mm. they start to go on the wrong track. Now look at where we are. So the media, Two young boys who probably must have realized, who, they must have told themselves, oh, let's do this, let's look at their lives mm. permanently scarred. So the media, content, media policy, media unregulated whatever you think is the biggest influence all right if you want to speak to me call me zero three zero two 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 six one seven one two two four nine five nine two two six zero one three where did we go wrong what policy um what policy failure created this now i know that uh, okay my friend kofi has sent me a very interesting message he says um two things he says um we must be careful not to blow the issue out of proportion. Perspective is important. There are at least 5 million youth in Ghana today. These murderers are a minuscule fraction committing this crime. It is heinous, but we must not condemn all our youth. He also goes on to say that after many years of analyzing youth policy and all its facets in education, in education, parenting, etc., we have concluded at Imani that the best all-round youth policy is good education, which makes sure that kids stay in school till after SSS. Hmm. Any failure in youth development or youth policy can be traced entirely or significantly to education policy, both qualitative and quantitative. So that's an interesting angle. So keeping them in school. The question I have for you, Kofi, so if, if they're in school, does that mean they wouldn't commit these heinous crimes? That school sort of mitigate that. But the, the question that still pens is that were they, are they in school? We don't know what school they go to. But to be honest, the school helps. Because yeah. the school has a certain oh, way of yes. of yes. forcing yes. most of us get our discipline values from school in addition to home. Yes. That's leadership. That's part of the leadership. Yes. Okay. I just take your co- comment on this joke finally. I, I still stick by my four possible choices. I don't want you to go outside the scope. Poverty, <laughs> parenting, belief media. Quickly, I'm taking calls. Just two seconds. They said, oh, and I'll, I'll still say that um, beliefs, religion... Beliefs. So you want the beliefs and the religion we part? We start everything with a prayer and with a prayer. We've got these um, religious organizations all around us. So you think Sometimes beliefs we is ask ourselves, beliefs. are we doing the right thing okay. with, the, with the constituency that we have in that particular group? So two people here think it's parenting, one person thinks it's media, and one person thinks it's beliefs. No, me, I'm just adding to what they've said. <laughs> and mine Not is class leadership. No, I just, you see, you are always trying to pause. <laughs> I've asked you a question. Just answer it the way I want it. We'll move on. Oh. <laughs>
Take Joseph from Koforidia. Let me take Hadi from Alajo. The phone numbers are zero three zero two 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 four nine five nine two two six one seven one. Joseph, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Scott of Melikaras as well. Okay. My first issue is media. The media, what they are showing on our television, most at the cost. Because I'm a parent, I'm a Sunday school teacher, I'm a presbyter. I'll counsel my children and train them. But immediately I move out of the house. They move to the television. They switch to what they want to watch. We are not monitoring the media, the television stations. The so-so prophets, so-so malams are on the television stations, so-called of things. And these kids are listening. And they also want to practice. Kids practice what they see and what they hear. So please, the media. Social, social or traditional media or both? Joseph, I think about social media or traditional media or both. Both, all. Okay, thank you. Let me go to, thank you. Let me go to Hadi in Alaji. I want to take more calls. Good morning, Hadi. Yeah, good morning, Bernard. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Uh, thank you. Um, Bernard, I think I will blame the media, even though they said that education commences at the mother's knee. And everywhere spoken, within the hearing of the literature, tends towards the formation of the character. But you see, sometimes, if you, if a whole civil station will allow a Juju man to come and sit on his program and, you know, advertise for, you know, Juju uh, uh, money, I think the media are not doing us any good. And I think the media should know that they are not doing Mother Ghana any good, but allowing these to sit on their TV and advertise on, you know, a, 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 a juju money. So I think mm. the media is also not helping. The media space is more responsible, you think, Hadi? It's more responsible, yes. It's more mm. responsible. Thank you. So Particularly because the, the youth are impressionable, so they believe what they see on the media. 0302 Ahmed from Kasua, good morning. Good morning, Bernard. How are you? I'm well. Oh, so you live in Kasua? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but I think the, the problem, even though media has been blamed partially for this, I think our glorification of wealth, especially physical cash, cash in this country, is the main problem. Secondly, we have not been able to put measures and laws that will question to the to the core the the money people make you build a big house laws are not made to be able to question how you money to build that house if spending whatever money you get becomes a difficulty i think people will begin to shift to do what is right to make good ends good morning thank you so glorification of wealth is where this is headed. That goes to the issue of beliefs and sort of practices. Let's take uh, Atu from Budumburam. Good morning, Atu. Yeah, good morning, Bernard. You are, you are live on air. Yeah, um, I think it's a problem of the media and leadership. You see, uh, we are products of our environment. So whatever we see is what 
they ask. So parents may do their best in trying to uh, bring up their children, but yet, what do you see? Look, when you, when you go along the Kaswa Accra Highway, there are huge billboards advertising these two parents. You do people come for money, double your money, and stuff. When they see these things, they take numbers and then they call them. You understand? So I think it's a, an issue of leadership. If leaders are seeing these things advertised there and then they don't ask, what do we do? And then their product, this is the end product of all that they have seen. Thank you for your call. Let's go to Nungwa. We're taking calls on the very tragic story of two teenagers murdering a 10-year-old boy. And they, they basically have said to the police that this was because of money and that some juju man had asked them to do it or somebody who was supposed to give them, they call it ritual money, which is what we are discussing on the show today. We want to understand where we went wrong. What policy failure led to this? How can we correct it? That's the focus of the show uh, Fred from Nungwa, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Bernard. You're on air. Yeah, to start our breakdown, I said it's, I'm saying it's the very first one. I believe the malamism and the spiritism and all those things are not helping. I think the media, as the other callers have already uh, have done, and the one who just um, spoke before I, I came in, unexplained wealth. A young guy can just go kill anybody, do, drive away the vehicle, and nobody's checking how come that guy got the vehicle. So I think unexplained wealth is something we should focus on big time and the media, the things that are being put out there for people to just watch and consume. It's getting out of hand, Pena. Thank you very much. Societal breakdown and media. This media matter. As someone from Wager, good morning. Good morning, Bernard. You're live on air. Thank you. So for me, I'm going to look at poverty and the general society. Now, when I say for poverty, you see, when when you look at kids in the in the uh, middle class and upper class, those kids don't watch this kind of media. Kids whose parents are not poor will normally subscribe to pay pay TV, and pay TV has some kind of regulation. You cannot advertise these things on them. Free to air TV, everybody is on it. So kids can watch whatever. And you know, because of poverty, parents cannot be there 24-7. They have to strive to make income to be able to support it. And when you look at the general society, everybody has seen that to be able to beat the system, you must be rich. By hook or crook. If you want to get the best of education, you must be rich. If you're going to get the best of health, you must be rich. Best of transportation, best of everything has to be rich. If you are poor, it doesn't matter. Look. Go to the scholarship secretariat and check the people who are giving scholarships. They are not the poor people who need education. <clears throat> you could be brilliant, but if you don't have money to pay bribe, you will not give scholarship. But they give it to the rich people. So what happens is that if you are rich, you become, you beat the system. Everybody, nobody is trying to fix the system. Everybody wants to beat those kids. They are just, for me, I'm not going to blame the kids. I would say that they are just a mirror of the society. And it is in the church. Even in the church, if you are not rich, you will not give your position in the church. So let us look at that angle. Thank you. Thank you. Take a few calls and then read some very thought-provoking comments we've also received from people. Uh, it's 851. The phone lines are 0302 Michael calling from Ho. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. You're on air. Um, my challenge is with leadership generally. 
politically religious uh, family. It, I keep on asking as a Ghanaian, what is the Ghanaian vision? Why as a youth, a young guy going to school, graduate out there, a child in basic school, senior high, why am I Ghanaian? What am I living for? What is the dream? What's the Ghanaian dream? Every day on our streets, it's normal for trotter drivers to jump traffic. And when you try to do the right thing, you get insults. We've normalized crime. We've normalized everything. Teenage pregnancy is acceptable in some communities. If you trace the roots of those kids in Katua right now, you come to realize that the mom or the father was a school dropout because probably poverty or some other challenges. So I blame it on leadership politically. Our leaders are not doing enough. There are no better sanity of development in our communities that we could dream or hope for to get it into. And this, this is my challenge and this is my problem. Thank you, sir. That was uh, Michael from Ho. I will take two more calls. Actually, I have a bit of time till nine. So if you want to call us, 0302-226171-224959. Now, based on what is being proposed by callers, we may zero in on one or two issues and delve deeper. Festus, I don't know where he's calling from, and then Eno from Mataiko. Festus, where are you calling from? Oh, good morning, Ben. I'm calling from Sacramento. Go ahead. Okay, thanks very much. Um, I think your first caller from Kasua who mentioned um, the glorification of wealth. And I think to expand that further, yes, um, you guys are doing a great job trying to accept some of the blame for media. But, you know, we've been watching horror movies, we've been watching action movies for, for well, for decades, and it hasn't had that level of effect. The biggest problem, I feel, is that there's a lack of consequences for the things that we do. We all know somebody who was nobody, who entered politics and has become a multimillionaire in a very short period of time. Impressionable youth look to people who acquire property, but we don't have any questions to ask how they made that money. Growing up, maybe somebody wanted to become a despite or somebody like that, but now our heroes are these faceless people who drive the Sonatas and the Camrys, and we don't ask any questions how they get their money. Until we have leadership that has an ability to expose unexplained wealth. In the UK, we have unexplained wealth orders, for example. So if I know that you, Bernard, very successful radio host, earns 1,000 CDs a month, and I see him driving a car that costs $200,000, there has to be questions. And these children are just a microcosm of what the entire society has become. Uh, I think that, that, that's the point I'd like to put across, Bernard. I take it 100%, my brother. Thank you. Unexplained what? Let's go to Enoch. Enoch, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Bernard. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, um, all these issues, I think, boils down to a failure of both parents and then uh, the society at large. Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry, please call back if you can. Let me go to OEB and take a call from George. Good morning, George. Good morning, Bernard. Um, this issue is just an evidence of the things that are supposed that's going to come in the future. 
the concept that we are taught of what life is, what the purpose of our living is, is a little, is, is being challenged as time goes on. You know, children are educated religiously in our cultural setting. We have certain concepts of who we want to become. So we are yearning to become that thing, you see. So the concept, as we've been taught from childhood, is, is what is controlling the fabric of our society right now. You see? So it's going to happen. We are going to see a lot of that. A lot of a lot of youth uh, questioning and doing things waywardly, but it's going to just keep us thinking about what is right for. Thank you, George, for calling. All right, I'll take a couple of calls before nine o'clock. So if you want to reach us, it's CTFM zero three zero two two three zero zero seven five zero three zero two 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 six zero one three. What policy failure led to this? How can we begin to correct it? Uh, this is City Breakfast Show. Isaac from Takrade. Isaac. Yes. Um, yes. Um, good, good morning. My, my name is Isaac Asasai. Um, the issue is about uh, us, our regulatory authority. We see all these things on, uh, especially, I don't want to mention, but most, if I mean, besides, most please, you see them doubling your money, uh, discount people, bring hundred I'll give you 1,000, bring 200 cities out. And people are buying into it, and they are defrauding people. And these are major people are there. Media Commission is watching all these things going on, and nothing is being said about it. It's a disappointed Ghanaian. I tell you, I'm so disappointed in them. I'm very, very disappointed in them. Thank you. Let me end with two calls. I'll go to Isaac and Kasua, and then I'll go to Akua. Kofi from Kasua. Good morning, Kofi. Good morning, Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Okay. Uh, I think um, it's a system failure, one, and also the glorification of wealth. Look, come to Kasua. There are certain places you go to. I mean, everybody knows what is happening there, but nobody is able to say. There is no leadership. Bernard, we are in this country where you see people selling uh, things by the roadside and nobody is questioning them. And we are in this country. One day something will happen and then we all realize that we have made a big mistake. Our systems are not working. Look, these boys who does the Sakawa and things in, in Kaswa here, they drive the big cars, they meet the police, they took the police and they are gone. Nobody questioned where a young boy of about 18 years gets money to buy a car. And we glorify this in this country, and nobody is saying anything. Maybe we should wait. The worst will happen, and then we all put our hands on our heads and cry. Thank you very much, Bernard. Thank you, my brother. I'll end with Akua. Akua is calling from Seshui. Which of the Seshuis? Seshui Bekwai. Morning, yes, sir. Bernard, I'm here. You are alive. Good morning, Bernard. I, I want to start with um, uh, Nathan on the media. In Ghana, we talk about everything except the media. We don't blame them. We can't criticize them because when you do that, you might be entering into a party you're not supposed to. Take your, sit on your TV station, go by channel by channel. I, but I have a, um, um, a decoder of the multi-TV decoder. Bernard, when you sit by it, 
they have about one wicked channels. You can get about 90 of them doing this thing. Come for money, money for money, whatever. And now let's look at, somebody said about glorification of um, worthy people. Now, if you don't have money, who cares? If you have money, you can become an elder of a church. Okay? We, 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 don't, we don't question how people become rich in the country. We don't, we, we don't, we don't find out how people are worthy in the country. And that the people we call to, to, to program to speak to the youth, and when he's coming, he's coming as a rich man. We don't even investigate how he became rich. To be talking to the youth about their richness. And that is what we find ourselves as a country. So the media and the question of worthy people is the main problem we are facing as youth. Thank you, Bernard. Thank you, sir. Nine o'clock, we'll take a short break. It seems as if a lot of the callers agree with Nathan. Nathan Moore. Just to give it it's a sense of balance. I know all of you know that there are different causes of this, oh, yes. but it looks like the media space has become... Although, there's a very interesting comment I'll read, and I'll ask you to comment later. So, let me read the person's comment in full. Sends three messages, okay? Says, it says, okay. Um, first, the person said, we should... It says, uh, education is the best solution to this. And then the person says, even though it's a heinous crime... Um, it's just one person, and there are lots of youth. But then it goes on to say, on the issue I raised about school and family, it says, it's almost inconceivable that a child in a quality school would do such a thing. Note that school and teachers have as much influence on the value systems and thinking of a child as much as parents, if not more. Let me repeat. A school and teachers have as much influence on the value systems and thinking of a child as much as parents, if not more. Media is and always has been an influencer but cannot override school and parents. Indeed, they will guide against media influence. Now, I'm reading this because remember, they were arguing about last week, we said, oh, these days we should allow people to take phones to school. It's normal. If the, the, the youth of today, they have already exposed and things. Godfrey, you were making that point. That, oh, we shouldn't behave like, like we are living in 1985 and that um, kids of today already have access to the gadgets and things. Okay, now somebody's arguing that per, uh, school and parents arguably have much more influence on a child than media. At least the traditional setting of a school and parents. So that's why the school don't allow certain gadgets. So having this kind of example, can we say that, oh, let's be modern? Because remember last week we read the message that, oh, in most American and pop, uh, in developed countries, the kids have access to their phones and their computers, and it doesn't... Uh, stop anything but here in Ghana we don't let them take the phone to school and we think we are doing something so much okay now don't forget even in the western world people are being radicalized on the internet somebody can go to Facebook and watch how to create a bomb or whatever and then use that to go and shoot people and all that so based on the information we have from this Kaswa issue maybe some of the things our secondary schools have done are not that bad after all it's like the premise that it's likely these boys are not in school we we, are, we still have to we find know, that. We, 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 st- we still don't know when it's Easter break. But but doesn't using gadgets also come with guidance? So you still have to... because It's, it's, it's unavoidable. They use the gadgets at home. Parents have to guide. If they're using the, gadget, the gadgets in school, teachers have to guide. Are there are international schools where kids are using gadgets in school. Are they not guided as to how to use them? Are there not parental blocks to stop them from accessing certain sites? That's what Godfrey was saying. No, today, should, no Godfrey was saying last week that, oh, parent, we shouldn't be play the ostrich that the way we run our school because the argument is from the coefficient is basically saying that mm-hmm. if these boys were in school mm-hmm. a proper school 
He's, 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 his basic argument is that school and parents have a bigger influence on children than media. Yeah. Now, then, and their second argument is that if they were in a school, possibly a boarding school, we don't know if all these influences of media that you say is so rife would have had direct access to them. Okay, so his point is that a, a good educational system and good parenting overrides, overrides bad media in a way. Hmm. And I want your comment on that. <laughs> some way. You don't agree. You see, because it, co- it goes back to the point Kojo was making. Look, when when school vacates, won't the person go back home? Won't the person be exposed to those things? You can say yes. The person has picked up some kind of training and supervision in school. So the person has a certain kind of thought process. But going back to your neighborhood can also cause a relapse. Because you don't know the kind of influences that exist in the neighborhood. Particularly when the person leaves school where the person is fed three times a day and has to go back to the hustle of his neighborhood where perhaps he has nothing to eat until the next three months. So until that time, what happens? You see? So, like I said, that's why I, I, I am very reluctant to say oh it is just this there are a lot of things and look bernard the way socialization works now you raised you broached the media issue media is a significant problem let's admit that media has a significant role to play when the kids are there like i said they are in school or whatever people still find ways to consume all kinds of things why so because I'm in school, I will not listen to... No, his point is that if you have a, a functional educational system and effective parenting, mm-hmm. a lot of these influences will not get to your child as much as they should. That's why we are ranking... So there are filters. We are talking about ranking of things because ev- everything has multiple yeah. problems. Yes. But wh- wh- one way of solving it is to know which one is more important. Oh, of course. So you spend more resources dealing with it. So if you have a limited amount of time and resources and you wanted to fix a problem with Ghanaian youth, mm-hmm. would you do target media policy or you target education policy or family policy? That's the question he's asking. If you had limited resources and time, and you wanted mm. to, to prevent this from happening in the next 10 years, I am inclined to believe in the parenting school angle, angle. than just the media angle. Although, Nathan's point is also very strong. It's a very strong point. That the, the reason, the, the media's penetration is beyond parenting and school. Mm-hmm. That even in school, they have access to the media. media. And when they drive around, so he thinks the media one reinforces the, the societal one and makes it even worse. Mm. But can can effective parenting and good school override that? Mm. Think about it. We'll take a break. Think about it. When we come back, we'll deal with your comments by way of text. And then we'll talk about the fish issue as well. Now, the the fish issue is bigger than you think it is. And we're going to discuss that because I think all of us eat fish. At least many of us eat fish. And this is a very serious environmental hazard that occurred. We'll take a discussion on that. We'll speak to some people. Stay with us. The City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. If you want to start up what is this obasuma the kids are always thinking about? They are fortified food products that can help a children's development and are great for the whole family, except babies under six months. 
Ah, don't like their saying. If I see packaged food products with the green and gold seal of a woman and has the description of fortified with 18 vitamins and minerals, it is Obasima. Obasima seal is found on foods that contain 18 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin B12 and iodine, that can help in brain development. This message is brought to you by Obasima in partnership with the Association of Ghana Industries and Ghana Standards Authority. Choose Obasima. Stay healthy, stay strong. The advertisements have been vetted and approved by the FDA. Since inception, almost 100% of Asheti University students have found jobs, started businesses, or gone on to graduate school within six months of graduation. From Accra to Nairobi, London to New York, Asheti graduates are noted, and they are leading successful careers. If you dream of a rewarding life and career, an Asheti education prepares you for just that. Learn more about applying to Ashesi at www.ashesi.edu.gh. Remember, admission is ongoing. Maudada no pedian bianyed di pa and the pair wo moss nook and a kukumwa and mamilumuda shima. From Nestle. Eddie Ash side the inka to imu ajatumuse a ye. What would you do with fifty gigabytes free data? Would you binge watch TV all day? Would you download FIFA twenty one? How about downloading your entire coursework? Or you do all at the same time. See, Surfline has a way of giving you value like no one does. 50 gigabytes free data when you get yourself a Surfline device. Now that's a sledgehammer. Don't miss out on anything. Get yourself a Surfline device today from any Surfline shop and get 50 gigabytes free data to do all you ever wanted on Ghana's only true 4G LTE network. Surfline, it's about time. It's time to meet again in historic landscapes. Have a safe journey to Europe with Turkish Airlines. Book your ticket now and fly until May 31st to enjoy special fares. Terms and conditions apply. For more information, please visit TurkishAirlines.com. Turkish Airlines, widen your world. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS.
So it's 12 minutes past nine. Nathan, we have a lot of comments and we want to say big thank you to our listeners. Comments are brought to you by Ecobank. Yeah. Thank you for your yeah. comments. Yeah. We appreciate them. Very <laughs> thoughtful comments. Everybody's thinking about what to do about this. It's yeah. a good start. It is. Terry from Achimota mm. says our radio waves, radio and TV waves are full of glorification of rituals for money, blatant adverts, which are of little concern to the regulators. You reap what you sow. Money worship is number one in our society. Hard work is celebrate is not celebrated anymore. A society in decline. Patama mm, mm. from Accra says since the news of the gruesome murder of the minor and the arrest of the alleged perpetrators therein, I've not heard the arrest of the alleged ritualist who asked the boys to bring the human parts. Um, this one says the Kaswa killing issue is multi layered. I'd like to touch on the media aspect of things. There are countless TV channels advertising Juju Money Day and Night. The, the Communication Ministry, the Media Commission, GGA, all see nothing wrong with that. Ask yourself, how did these minors know about a Malam or Juju Man who could make money for them? As a society, we focus on processes and disregard things that affect our own people. Kwesiakwa from Sakumono. TK, okay, he's saying, but I don't know if I can read this. I, I what is he saying? This particular message, I mean, it sounds a bit... Yeah, well, once you feel you don't have to read it, means you're not. <laughs> once your mind yeah. tells you. <laughs> but uh, this casual killing is as a result of a bigger societal issue mm-hmm. where people think they do things and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Is it not in the same community that their own MP shot in public and got free from any wrongdoing? Mm. Anybody can think of doing evil and get free. Roland, uh, who's in Kokomilime, uh, Roland Van Exbone, says today we are talking about money rituals. I think this is time to deal with what he terms Illuminati churches <laughs> on our TV stations. I, I want to know what the commission is doing. Mm-hmm. Bernard and team, it's sad to see uh, these rituals on our TV and even on radio. Fake drugs, fake lotto numbers, money rituals. We have a big problem. Ken from Adenta. Mm. Kelly Nosu, he sent a very poignant message. He says, mm-hmm. I was in a Trotsky last week on my way to work. Mm-hmm. Seated beside me was a young SHS student mm-hmm. wearing an Apple Watch with AirPods and an iPhone 11 Pro Max. Hey. Bernard, isn't it peer pressure he's going to give to his colleagues at school who will be envious of him and will do absolutely well. anything to get money Kelly, in these materials? when I was in Presec, there were boys who had filler and Nike that I didn't have. I was wearing hash puppies, a second-hand version. It wasn't necessarily leading me to kill anybody to get it. So having nice things by a student should not mean that everybody should go and Bernard, kill to get it. See, there are some, and I mean, there are some who have the mental resilience to look at it and say, I'm not swayed. There are others who will be swayed. Let's talk to George Sapong. He is the Executive Secretary of the National Media Commission. A lot of the calls have blamed media policy, media, non-existent media content policy, or a very lax media space, permissive, how's the word I want to use, depraved content, <laughs> socially unacceptable. Uh, George Sapong, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bernard. So the microscope has been placed squarely on my my industry. We're talking about the ritual murder or the murder of a, a minor by two minors, and ostensibly for for well ritual money, ritual purposes. A lot of the people calling and texting are saying the media is social and traditional media should accept a lot of the blame because we glorify ill-gotten wealth. We are advertising 
Juju men and money doublers on our TV and stuff. And that's why these two people did what they did. What are your comments generally on what happened and also should the media content people accept part of the blame? First of all, Bernard, my heart goes out to the family. I'm completely broken by this story. The death and the persons involved. And uh, we pray that we all get a hand on this. But we are dealing with two things that are both critical that we need to be careful about. The need for effective content regulation, no doubt, is extremely important. And that is why the National Media Commission started work. We worked with stakeholders for eight years to develop the content standards in electronic communication. The Supreme Court said we cannot implement it. I'll get back to that. But on the bigger question of the influence of media content on people with regards to what we are dealing with, we need to be slightly careful because the connection between media content and public action is not that direct. And one can easily understand it within context that even if it is true that uh, these things are problematic and they are, there are so many children, so many people who watch these things. How come not everybody is influenced? There's a very complicated, the net between media content and influence is a very complicated issue. I do not for every moment say that there can't be any influence, but the nature, character, and extent of the influence is difficult to determine. And there are too many, uh, so much, so many research work done on these issues. So I just want to issue the caution that yes, it is an important issue to address, but we should be extremely careful in establishing causation between media content and the definitely act that we have seen. Hold on right there. Hold on right there. So I'll come back to the media content policy. But if you look at the proliferation of trad, uh, social media into the spaces of our youth. And then the many, many, particularly TV stations and what they show. And then, of course, there's vi music videos and then the movies. I mean, are you telling me that there isn't a, a direct link between what the media depicts and normalizes and what impressionable young people tend to believe in the social media age? No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying one needs to be extremely cautious there because there's considerable risk on the matter, and it does not appear to be that direct. So for those who are in the mood for theory, we've gone through bullet theory, we have gone through hypothermic needle theory, we have had limited effect theories. People have researched this matter over the long history of broadcasting and media generally, and there is no conclusive evidence that uh, the connection is that direct. However, the mere fact that we all learn somehow from the media in itself to tell us that there could be some effect, but we cannot establish a direct causation between media content and actions of the nature that we have seen. So we should be extremely careful in using this extremely bad situation uh, to conduce our minds towards the kind of regulation that we should have. But that does not take away the specific question about whether or not 
we need content regulatory rules. For us at the National Media Commission, we said yes to this question more than a decade ago and worked at it. And we still feel very strongly that this society requires a certain degree of protection. And Bernard, look at it. If you want to see exactly why this is important, just see how the agencies of social control are using their powers to protect themselves. The court has its power of consent to protect itself. We have seen examples where parliament holds people before the house uh, for contempt. We have seen security agencies attack journalists when journalists uh, carry material that they consider unfavorable to them. We have seen private citizens, Obinim and the rest, attack media. All these are condemnable, except that it should tell you that the lack of comprehensive framework for media regulation is leading to these orthodox factors. And society can't progress along these lines. Now, the theories you mentioned and all those things you've referred to in terms of causality. So I, I'm not drawing a link between necessarily what they watch on a TV station and what they did as young boys. But we are talking about an era of multiple... In fact, even in the Western world now, we're looking at how Facebook and co are being forced to remove certain kinds of content because they feel it radicalizes young people. When young uh, girls leave the UK to join uh, Daesh or ISIS, there are, there are reports that show the link between sites they went to and how peop- how these uh, terrorists used uh, social media to lure them. The shooter in Australia, New Zealand, we are told he was also coached by social media. So are we not being a bit... Um, I don't know what word to use. Like the, the, My point is that the social media era is not something we all understand very well. And yet we all know how it's become pervasive. Should we not study this again from a more open mind? I'm asking because it seems to me as if you said, look, in terms of the direct link, we've, we've gone there, we've done the study, and it's not necessarily direct, so let's not push that too much. But I'm still pushing back to you to say, look, I don't know how, how young kids in Ghana are before they have access to a phone or something, but these days you can literally see anything. And I'm talking now social media. It seems to be something we haven't come to terms fully with, George. Yes, I completely share your perspective. And I think what you said is what you should hang on. We don't know everything yet. I belong to the school that says it is better to be cautious. We need to set the rules. We need to protect ourselves without necessarily undermining the right to free expression. So the two of us are saying the same thing. I'm only broadening the perspective to include all other people who strongly stand against the perspective that we hold in order to balance the discussion. So the point, just to repeat it, is to say, I strongly believe that there is some kind of connection. The extent of that connection, I cannot establish. And therefore, I'm ready to be open-minded about uh, the alternative argument. But the fact that there is some kind of influence is what I believe in. And I strongly think that whatever it is, even if there's no influence, we lose nothing by setting a framework for all of us to operate within. And that for us was the philosophy behind the content standards in electronic communication. The idea was that regardless of the platform for the delivery of that content, all of us must submit to a certain minimum standard of decent behavior within the ecosystem of communication. And what did the Supreme Court say? Well, the judgment is there for all of you to, to read. 
I wouldn't want to uh, go too much into it. And I want to challenge those. You know, I'm, I'm asking because you said that eight years ago you came up with a media content policy that you wanted to that implement, but the Supreme my, Court disagreed. Yeah, I know. So I'm just, is the Supreme Court... We started working on it in 2008. Fair enough. George, my, my, I, my question is just, I haven't read the full judgment, but then that's bad on me, oh. but I'm just trying to understand. Was it that they were against the idea or they were against the modus of the management I of that idea? Think, I don't think the judgment offered that clarity in terms of what you are asking. And that is why I speak with Kotlin, because... The, I have looked at it. The NMC's own legal and constitutional affairs committee has looked at it. We have uh, consulted a number of lawyers over the judgment. We are yet to have a clear understanding of exactly where yeah. the court stands, except to declare that the provisions on the right to free expression must take precedence over any attempt to uh, regulate the media space. And so, for us, that is, there are a number of things said in that judgment that. Uh, so confused the commission, but what we want to say is that we are so committed to addressing these issues, and we think that they must be addressed. All right. So you are saying, just to be clear, that okay, you know what? I'll get the I'll get the judgment. I think that's what I need to do. I'll, I'll, I'll get the judgment. Thank you, George. I appreciate your your insight, George Sapong, Executive Director of Media Commission, A25. Um, a lot of people feel strongly about the role of the media in this. Nathan, let's just read a few quick comments on this uh, whilst we, we sort of get this. Okay. Um, but now, let's take a look at the things being aired on our TV stations. Yesterday, I was going through, I was just scanning through my TV channels. I saw more than 10 stations showing these people saying how they could help people double their money and all. I want to know if the National Media, uh, National Commission, Communication Authority is doing something about it. Then our 70% of our TV channels show how to be rich. Instant money. God have mercy. Eddie on time says, in all this, where is the said malam? This one says, oh, Bernard and team, what a sad case that perhaps reveals the true condition of the soul of our nation. Greed, corruption, bad leadership, the crave for instant wealth and fame is all at the heart of this murder case. The two teenagers will face the law, but we cannot as a society claim innocence. It's collective guilt and shame. Repentance should be the first call. That's coming from Fred. Mm-hmm. Some of our Simon says, what happened to the Malam who asked these boys to bring the human parts for rituals? We need to hear from the police about this. And this one says, this is a two-generational issue. There was a time fathers left their families to Nigeria. In my thinking, this resulted in wayward children being taken care of by their grandparents. These wayward children did not have the capability to raise families and then ended up with kids. That's the second generation. Unfortunately, these people in the second generation want what they see on okay they want to do what they see on media all around the world so they take the easy way out and somebody's saying that have you noticed the upsurge in luxury vehicles in town driven by relatively young people i'm not saying people can buy uh, cars but how is it that these cars have become so common and he's asking if it's down to some illegal activity and from to whom says alcohol and drug abuse among people as young as 10 is becoming rampant in all in almost every part of the country with the society and communities looking on. And the final one says, we live in Ghana today where we allow people to advertise on certain TV stations uncensored. They are all over Facebook where children are and other 
social media platforms, okay. our children are bound to see these things and their curiosity will take the better part of them. 927, I'll take a call, a comment from the Samalata Mensa, who used to be on the media commission until the last, um, I think the last round. He has strong views on the issue of media content regulation. I think he disagrees with George Sapong's uh, view of things. So Samalata, thanks for joining us. Um, so, you, you, I'm sure you have a bit of an angle to this idea or issue of a media content policy. What, what's your what's your reaction? Um, I <laughs> I was listening to George Sapon. First of all, he refers to the uh, Supreme Court issues and gives a picture as if the Supreme Court is against the regulation and management of media, and that's untrue. What they took, and and I said they, I was part of it because I was then a member of the commission and also a member of GIBA. What the media commission took was full of inaccuracies and contradictions. And that is one of the reasons why the Supreme Court threw it away. It's not because the Supreme Court is not in favor of the advancement of media. That was me, my understanding. So that's set aside. But the point he also makes about the media content not having a direct relationship with the conduct in society, I differ totally. Because society is layered. The rich, the educated, the haves, the have-nots, each category of these people in society consume and engage media differently. And there are people who are helpless. What they see in and on the media is an endorsement of what society accepts. And there are people who can do something about, and there are people who cannot do anything about. So you look at a community like Aswa, and a child wakes up every morning to see, um, you know, a spiritualist, a juju man, legitimately, quote-unquote, selling their services. Isn't it an indication that society endorses that? That's what we are saying. And, and when I talk about media, I'm not even talking about the media industry. I am talking about the concept of media and how we have utilized it. Is it helping society or not? It's a question we need to ask. But to say that the media content has no relationship with how people mm. behave and conduct themselves in society mm. is totally wrong. Well, he actually, what, media, what, what everybody said was that he, he, the direct, he doesn't think there's a direct link between what is consumed I understand. and no, the I heard him. I'm just yeah. saying that I'm saying that there is because the, the society itself is layered. Those who are educated will consume it differently and will be impacted differently. Those who are exposed, those who are rich, those who have, those who are vulnerable. So I'm saying that there is, depending on which, which layer you belong to. And it's clear, the poorer the community, the more vulnerable they will be to media content and exposure. Okay, thank you uh, for your input. It's 9.30. This is still the City Break for show. Um, I think what we, what we set out to do was to get us to think more deeply about these matters. And I think from the past hour and a half, a lot of thought has gone in. Um, I think the next one has to do with where do we go from here? And that's not our job in this show today. Because there's also something else we need to be talking about. It's very likely that the fish you may be buying could. Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. The fish you, you, you buy could be contaminated because of something that happened over the weekend. We'll take a short break and deal with that 
from police. There have been two sightings of dead fish washed ashore, and a lot of our regulatory bodies are scrambling to deal with the matter. FDA, Fisheries Commission, will talk to somebody about this. How do we prevent people from getting the bad fish? And what actually led to this? Over 80 types of, 80, uh, uh, I don't know what to call them, whales, landed at the Axim Beach, and uh, we also had schools of fish land dead at the Osu Beach. What explains this? We'll come and deal with that when we come back. Comments are still welcome. 0549986996. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Come and see. They were standing together and she was crying. You could see the tears rolling down her cheek, washing all her makeup. She cried and the tears flowed down her face, drawing strange patterns on her cheeks. As it touched her lips, it mixed with her lipstick and formed a shade of rose. Then she turned around and said, I am leaving you. Don't call me again. Get the best companion for your HD TV with HD Plus. Visit the nearest dealer for your HD Plus decoder and subscribe via star 879 hash to enjoy the freely freely experience now. Durability, finishing, quality. Choosing sofas and beds for your home, office or hotel couldn't be easier. With an exclusive range of sofas and beds in various designs and colors from Latex Foam. There is so much choice whatever your budget. Latex Foam, your partner for life. One bet. Huge wins from high odds and all the way with the fastest payout. Take more of our winning advantages from your deserving bets on all sports. Visit, visit our website, onexbet.com.g. Use promo code 1XRADIO and get up to 200% bonus on your first deposit. OneXBet. Bet for everything. Gambling can be addictive. Bet responsibly. Not for person under 18 years. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the Gaming Commission. Hey, I say, mix the cement in correct proportional. Ah. Hey, contractor. Hey, what can you? What's your soul? Yeah, my landy. Sorry, I say. What you attend the year of return, Ankasa? Hey, contractor. A dinner wasting year. Hey, what bush mama may feel it too much? What project here? My friend gas them from top to down. If you are a gas them. Hey, yes, solid, pa. Hey, you see gas them, man. If I soup, you know what do. On your quality, no question. Hey, you see gas them, cement. And your food, you will move. One package, you know. no, wahala. If you grow over 5,000 in your share, no more schools, no more clinics, on your donation. Never compromise on quality. Choose the value. Gasm offers you always. In these uncertain times, stay safe and follow all the COVID-19 safety protocols. Gasm, the nation builder. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. All right, so uh, welcome back. It's 9.34. Uh, Fisheries Commission, Environmental Protection Agency, and Marine Police have begun retrieving mammals believed to be Melon-headed whales washed ashore the Axim Buried Beach in Nzuma East Municipality over the weekend. They are retrieving their wholesome mammals from the res- residents for burial because over 80 of them were washed ashore, some dead, some near death at the Axim Buried Beach. Now, a couple of a day before that, we also told that at Osu, and we verified this to be true, uh, schools of dead fish were washed ashore 
at the beach, cited by many, some also collected by residents, some for consumption, some for, for sale. FDA rushed there to also advert the situation. So what is going on? Why do we have two big reports of fish washed ashore within the same period at two very distant places? Axim and Osu is not close. What's going on? Professor Chris Gordon is the director. No, it's just, he's, okay, it's one of the big guys. Professor of environmental studies, toxicology, and all those things. But he's also with the Institute of Environmental and Sanitation Studies, University of Ghana. What is going on with our waters? Where are the fish coming from? And how can we prevent this from becoming a national disaster? Prof, thanks for joining us. Good morning. Yeah, good, good morning, Ben. And uh, good morning to your listeners. And um, I've been following the the conversation, and um, perhaps maybe you'd like to start with a specific question. And yes, I can yes. My question is, how unusual is what we saw over the weekend? Osu, uh, Castle Beach, lots of fish found dead. Axim, uh, we, are, we are told they are melon-headed whales. Some say they are dolphins. I'm not even sure. So in the Osu case, they were smaller fish. In the Axim case, they were bigger, and they were washed ashore. Some dead, some near dead. Is this something you you come across regularly in your line of work? Well, uh, first of all, let me start by saying that um, I'm doubtful of the identification of the melon-headed whale because it's something that is it can be found in our waters, but it's more um, common in the Caribbean. So that's okay. all done on that. So you, you don't you don't think it's melon-headed? It could be, but it's certainly uh, some people call them dolphins. Is that correct? It could be a, no, a dol- yes. Dolphin and whales all belong to the CAT class of marine mammals, uh, but their distribution of the different species is varied across the ocean. But the question of how unusual is it? Well, I, I had a, a contact reach out to me from my my network, asking for more information because in his home country of South Africa, they had the same thing and also reports in Somalia all on around the same time. So having a fish kill is not an unusual occurrence. It is not a, uh, a occurrence that is wanted given the value of fisheries to our employment and our economy and the whole value chain down to the issue of people being stunted because they're not having enough animal protein. So... It is not unusual, but it is becoming more frequent. And that, that frequency is increasing usually through natural processes which have been mediated by man. Mm. Um, in, in, one, in one of your earlier discussions about, I think, the, the, the young enterprising gentlemen uh, who have learned from the media how to murder their compatriots, according to what I'm hearing, um, is that uh, the issue of root cause, what is the root cause? And that root causes, the root causes can be several, and I'm saying this because as of this particular time, we do not have a definitive answer on what the cause was. Um, mm. And I'll just make a quick analogy. It's like you find... A, a car accident, uh, the brakes are failed, 
or the skid marks on the road, and they assume it's driver error. Then you say the brakes have failed, it's mechanical error. Then you find the driver has been using soapy water instead of brake fluid. As you investigate, the whole thing unpacks and you understand what is going on. So the specific causes are in a, what I would call a matrix of factors which are to the, belong to the biology of the sea and to abiotic, that is non-biological causes, which are usually chemical and physical. Physical, you can have too high sea surface temperatures, and you can also have a decrease in oxygen in the surface water. But you also find in the pictures that I've seen that you have diversa, that is bottom living fish, who would normally not be affected by surface phenomenon like high temperatures and high, uh, sorry, low oxygen in the surface water. Then you have possible chemical, that is a pesticide or a toxin or something which has entered the water. But as you have rightly pointed out, you had two occurrences very far apart. And if it was related to the same incident, the amount of chemical that would have had to be spilled in the water would be immense. And you will be seeing it in other species apart from just the fish. Now, if you go to the biotic side, the biology, the fish could have had a, a, a COVID-like disease, which is like a pandemic among the fish. But then you notice that there are different species of fish being impacted, so it's unlikely to be a disease. So I have made a, uh, a deduction, I can't say conclusion even, that this is something to do with toxins coming from algae, specifically what we call red tide from a small type of algae called dinoflagellate. And they, when they bloom, they produce a poison. And that poison is very toxic, not only to um, <clears throat> the fish, but also to humans. What causes algae, those algae blooms? It's all about increasing in nutrients that have entered the sea. And the largest contributor of those nutrients in our waters is our good friend, open defecation. So who caused that? It all comes back to us and our behavior. But wow. there is another, another, when I let you run, you know, the first reports, I had these reports. Uh, they sent to me by actually a member of your, your team. Um, I think it was Friday uh, Friday morning. That's, that's when they were observing. I got the report on Friday, Friday afternoon. And people were reporting a gummy substance in the, the inside of the fish. I have carried out research with uh, a young lady at the Department of Marine and Fisheries, uh, Dr. Adam Mahu, on marine plastics, microplastics, and nanoplastics, which are ingested by fish. And the research by, uh, by her and her student, myself, we came up with some cases over 100 particles of plastic in the gut of a single fish. I think I've mentioned this in other, other forums. 
but these are the small fish we tend to grind up for chicken. So we are also ingesting. Uh-huh. Once, mm-hmm. sure, when you look at the possible uh, issues, if it was a marine heat wave, which can kill the fish, that is climate change related. Who caused them? Man. If it is uh, algal bloom caused by excess nutrients into the water as a result of open vegetation and over-fertilization in farming, poor farming practices, cause them. Man. If it is plastic, which have choked the gut of these fish, and the, the dolphin or whatever they are have eaten that fish, and there's a toxin involved, who caused them? Man, sorry. Now we have to be gender sensitive, so we say human. <laughs> so that that is, we are at the basis of any possible line of this fish scale. And if you look at the number of people who are involved, at least two hundred thousand directly involved in fishing. Then when you add the value chain the retailers, and so forth and so on. We're talking about millions of, of, of people who are involved. And, and Bernard, I'll, I'll, I'll end with two points. One is that we have something known as the planetary boundary. The, the point beyond which the planet can no longer compensate for our actions. They call them tipping points. When we exceed that, there's no recovery. And we are just going down as a planet to non-existence of humans. We don't know where that tipping point is. Keep on loading the environment with all these all right. pressures. I wanted to put in a quick one before. I thank you yes. for the, the very um, well-coordinated analysis. So we have different causes, the biotic, the abiotic, the possible cause and everything. Some people send me a, a, a story of something that happened in Iran and in that story they were blaming some Electrofishing by Chinese to be the cause. So when this came up, a few people forwarded that story to me and asked me to investigate further. I have no idea what electrofishing is, and Iran is so far from here. But you've said that this has happened before. Are you familiar with the Iran case? And is there anything called electrofishing, and could that have contributed to this? I, I have used electrofishing myself. It's, it's used in parts of the Netherlands. A certain species of fish because it stuns the fish and it's easy to collect the fish from the surface. I use electrofishing sampling for population estimates in, in rivers, <clears throat> rivers in the UK. It's not something that is very common and it is something that would have had far more effect than what we are seeing. I actually would put it not eliminated, but far down the list of uh, possibilities. Um, it's also very, very dangerous in the sea because seawater is a, a very good conductor of electricity. And um, it's not something you'd, you find commonly. Even the, the Dutch, it, it, it's so expensive to, to run. And there are cheaper methods of, of collecting uh, fish than electrofishing. So I, I wouldn't put it. 
thank you. We wait for your final results. You've done a preliminary analysis, which is making a lot of sense. We'll talk again soon, hopefully. Thank you, Professor Chris yeah. Gordon, for your time. Prof is a limnologist. He has a PhD in human environmental sciences, also a MS in zoology, and he was also with the Institute of Environmental and Sanitation Studies, University of Ghana, Ligon. Ah, lots of things coming on. Charlie, today is a busy day, man. Now, you mentioned South Africa earlier. Yes, I did. Well, you could go to Johannesburg, mm. the other city that doesn't sleep, the mm. heartbeat of South Africa. Joburg is not only history, it's a mapiano, it's the richest square mile in Africa. Mm. The city was made to wake up, shop, dance, and do it all over again. Now, you can enjoy high life in Johannesburg for five nights from as little as 8,200 Ghana cities, and this includes flights, transfers, and meals. So make Johannesburg your personal playground and feel the energy of dream chasers. Nice. Go to southafrica.com. Net mm-hmm. South Africa, come journey with us. Shop. <laughs> and if you want a luxurious stay in Ghana mm-hmm. at home, mm-hmm. then you need to get an apartment at Eden Heights. Tell me about it. Oh, Charlie, luxury gated residential development is just behind the West Hills Mall. You've got modern apartments and penthouses, mm-hmm. convenience, security. Swimming pools, tennis mm. courts, playgrounds, etc. Mm. Just reserve your luxury apartment with 25,000 Ghana cities. Pe- Pe- call 0501 Eden Heights, welcome home. Nice one there. Yeah, and some of us need an energy boost. We yes. need our breakfast with yeah. Milo. The nourishment of malt, milk, and cocoa, and the delicious taste of Milo helps you breakfast your day. Mm. So with Milo, every child can be an MVP, and every child is a champion. Mm. Milo, the energy food drink of future champions. All right, Kojo, so um, I don't know why you, you, you... Of course, I said a lot of things already, but I know you've been doing something on our beaches for a while, this whole... Uh, Shona stuff, and we only sort of get reminded about this when there's a disaster. It's almost like we forget about the waters until something yeah. <laughs> uh, big, big happens. I, what do you make of the, the this? And well, the fact that the fish could actually be in the market—that's actually the part that confuses me. That people actually go and get dead fish and sell. Mm-hmm. As to the fish being in the market, um, I think the authorities moved in very fast mm. when it happened. So mm. a lot of the fish was buried. Uh, for example, the issue to do with the dolphins in Axim, um, some uh, people I interacted with suggested to me that the authorities asked those on site to put some of them on ice and bring it to Accra to the lab to be analyzed. And then they also asked them to bury the rest. So at least not all the fish will get into the market. And some people who were also interviewed suggested that when they took some of the fish, they realized that it wasn't wholesome, so they brought it back to be buried. So I hope that we don't see this fish in the market. But one of the big things that we are all failing to pay attention to is the fact that the pollution that is happening in our oceans is going to come back to bite all of us. It's, Bernard, it's crazy. It's last kill. In fact, when we say galamse on land, when you say, <laughs> when we say deforestation and everything on land and we describe it in huge proportions, whatever is happening on land, at least about 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 times it's happening in the sea. Let's take a break. I'll talk to Michael Athadazi of the Fisheries Commission when I come back to develop the point Kojo is making. This is CTFM. Don't go away. Fish. Yeah, we must be concerned because it's a health issue. It's a health issue. So if we, whilst investigating, if we don't caution the public 
about some of these things, and then the unexpected happened. We would have um, actually not be seen to have worked or to, 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 to protect the public enough. So that's why we are very much concerned. Uh, we, that's why I said that in the unlikely event that some of these dead fish have found their way into homes or into the hands of fish processors, we are, we are calling on them to discard them. We are praying them. We are appealing to their conscience to discard them. We are also praying the members of the public who unfortunately must have patronized some of these fishes to look out for some signs. One, if the processed fish is unwholesome, the taste is not the regular taste or the usual taste that we are used to. If it's not a processed fish and it's unwholesome, look, check the eyes. The eyes are not bright. Open the opercolum and look at the gills. The gills are not red. The gills have changed color. And uh, just give the, the, the fish a tap or a touch that to examine the tenderness, whether the body is responsive. All these are signs that we are asking the public to look out for. What have you found so far about what led to this? Um, we are still investigating. Just before you called, um, I brought to four the fact that apart from natural occurrences, we are, we are also looking at human and other uh, uh, factors that could induce what might have happened. And we can only be conclusive on that when we have carried out uh, thorough investigations, scientific investigations. Thank you for your reaction. Keep us posted on developments, Mr. Dazi. We appreciate your time. So that was the Executive Secretary of Physics Commission. We need to mention that there are quite a number of state agencies involved in this. So when the issue occurred initially, we are the Food and Drugs Authority, we are the Environmental Protection Agency, we are the Fisheries Commission, all go to the scene. So this is multi-level reaction. Very good. Clearly, they are not sitting and waiting for some disaster to occur. And let us appeal to listeners that honestly speaking... To think of eating or selling dead fish, I mean, it's, it's just not on. So please advise friends and family who live along the shores that this is not on. They, they could be killing themselves or killing other people. So let's use the media to advise people that this is wrong. The fact that the fish was not caught the way you catch it alone should worry you. Nathan, let's wrap up with a few more comments. Yes. So many interested people commenting on various issues. Let's just run through some of them. Senior Rebel says, no one is talking about mining in the case of the dead fish. Hmm. I don't know if the person is suggesting that mining is an angle. Um, what, what's happening at GES? Form 3s are resuming today. Students are on board buses and others are already in school, only to be told that their reopening dates have been moved to the 5th of May. How on earth could this come so late? Okay, mm. Sam in Adenta, he wants us to find out what's mm. happening. Come on, Bernard. The problem with the Casa issue is societal. We have taken the word fraud to be normal. Mm. Meanwhile, that word is offensive. Mm. And yeah. it says these days, when you hear it's somebody being fraud. called a fraud guy, you see them bragging with it. Yeah. The police see that as normal too. And uh, these young teens find no problem with that. So they get into fraud. Mm. 
and you see he thinks the police should clamp down on the guys that's felix juba from latibio caution mm, that, that's a good one the normalization of fraud lots of comments yes alex latte is asking who monitors what a tv station is allowed to show to the public the authorities will lament without taking any action then go back to sleep says the country is deteriorating he says that uh, the rate at which tv stations are springing up is alarming they show unhealthy programs such as money making rituals and local numbers from dwarfs mm. and our leaders okay guys i wanted to end with a question so the two issues are related aren't they in the sense that um we are seeing the consequence of what we've permitted and then we turn around and say there's no regulation I think this is the issue, right? Because from both cases, human action has led to some consequence which we find undesirable. And they will say, oh, how come authorities are not doing this or that and the other? So, could you and Koku, just to wrap this up, should this also not be a question about better personal responsibility? Because you're talking about what we do. Yeah. Which leads to all of effect. You know? So, yeah, so government, regulate policy, da, 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 da. But, at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, you could say maybe there are bad people in society, so you need government and authorities to regulate. That's true, but there, there has to be a balance because um, governments come and go, but the family unit remains. Okay, so for example, since 1957 to date, families have endured, parties have changed, politicians have come and gone. So we also need to think about that dimension of, of the issue. Do you understand me? Mm-hmm. Because if you say, and I'm not saying we shouldn't blame politicians, so, but we've had at least 13 presidents or 10 or whatever since Kwame Nkrumah. If you go to Gadisbeck, families have been the same. We've had schools, we've had churches. Some of who have endured, the leaders have not changed that much. So maybe we need to start looking at other strata of society and the way they result in outcomes in addition to political governance, which becomes like the, the, the most powerful or the most immediate, because both feel they have control. We can vote somebody out. But family, society, church, you know, those things, it's, it's I don't know. And the media now, could yeah, you yeah, let me yeah, give the last um, word? Families have evolved somehow in the country, making it easier to socialize children better. Mm-hmm. If you read some of the literature and see what is happening around. For example, when you were growing up, it was more likely for you to have your grandparents, your uncles, your cousins, nieces in an environment. But these times, we've been broken up into our nuclear families. Father leaves, mother leaves, children, school, just like that. So that's one of the things we must look at. But the bit about personal responsibility, we must really look at it. Um, Leadership must also look at how things are degrading on all fronts, environmentally, socially, religiously even on the education front we are not seeing improvements and if we integrate all these things and put in place the right plans and invest properly maybe we see things turning around because everything is going bad and it's not sustainable for us well that's why i'm studying sustainability science study it and let us know what to do with it thank you kojo thank you kukui thank you nathan thank you godfrey Thank you for making the show. We have a, a big social media hashtag, CTCBS. Let's continue the conversation. We want to engage with you throughout the day.
and hopefully we can continue. So many things happening this week. Watch out for City Prime News at midday and City Eyewitness News as well. Time for City News at 10 before the brunch.